guys. Welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. Today's episode is something a little bit new we're trying. A few weeks ago, Matt Trathaway, one of the owners of Beer Research Institute in Mesa, reached out with an idea uh, him and Andy from Four Peaks had had. They'd been chatting, and they said, how cool would it be to get a group of people together, brewers, brewery owners, uh, get them on the podcast and talk about some key topics in Arizona craft beer, and just really craft beer in general. So the plan is to do one of these uh, brewer panel-type episodes once a month and rotate the cast of guests that we have. So this is the first episode of that. The panel includes Dave Arntz from The Shop, Matt from Beer Research Institute, and Andy Ingram from Four Peaks. We talk about the state of the union of Arizona beer and just really craft beer across the U.S. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let me know your thoughts on this brewer uh, panel style. Um, If you guys haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Always free to subscribe and listen. Leave a rating and reviews on iTunes. Uh, Those always really, really help. It's much appreciated. All right, let's get into this. We're on 8th Street at Four Peaks Brewing Company. Cheers, so, cheers gentlemen. Cheers, cheers to the very first episode of the Brewers panel. Yeah. We need to see if we can't screw this thing up. So this is uh, so we're, we're planning on doing this about once a month at this point, right? Kind of getting together some uh, some brewery owners, some brewers, and just really talking about uh, beer, right? It's completely different than what I'm used to doing yeah, on this podcast. Solid. Yeah, uh, I'll get used to it though. I'll get used to it. It's going to start with chugging this beer real quick. <laughs> just kidding, I'm not just chugging. So, uh, so, so, what are you chugging there? So, I am chugging the Zerical, right? Is that how I Correct, say it? Yeah, Zerical. Yeah, this beer is fantastic. Man. Thank you. I and love that one. It it's is. Uh, introduce yourself first. Oh, Andy Ingram, founder, Four Peaks Brewing Company. And this gentleman over here. Oh, David Arns, uh, the Shop Beer Company. Matt Trethaway, BRI. Excellent. This is like the all-star team right here, <laughs> right? Uh, that's what you guys were talking about when I came in. Like. Everybody see how cool we look over here at this table? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we all no. were black. And was, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? I, yeah, I know. Well, look at this lame-ass shirt. Yeah, we yeah. know who team you're on. <laughs> <laughs> we're in my Shop Beer Co. shirt. But, uh, um, Zerkel. So this is, yeah. I've seen it all over the place yeah. now at this point. You got, what is it, the 19.2-ounce 25. 25? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Some monster. What, you need to do 40s. You need <laughs> yeah. to do 40s of this. Right? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Is it legal? Is Edward it legal to Zerical do a 40? Hands the, <laughs> it's yeah. 99. <laughs> no, that's um, a game we should film. Right? That's right. That's right. So what's the profile on up here? I, I haven't actually tried it. Um, so you'd have to ask this. The story behind that one, um, Circle K came to us wanted to know since we have a 12, 25 ounce can of kilt lifter out and it's doing really well um wondered if we had a, wanted to have a second brand on the shelf probably an ipa obviously i hemmed and hawed we can't really do a 25 ounce can uh that's done in, in fairfield and for us to get hopping on a 25 ounce can would probably take a year and a half to flavor match over there so they came to us and they're like well how about just a brand new ipa something out of the box you've never done before we're like Okay, so it ended up being a collaboration between Four Peaks and the Fairfield Legacy Brewery, the AB Brewery, um, to make this massive IPA, a little over 7%, um, ton of mosaic, uh, it's slightly hazy for us. Um, I, I mean, I guess nowadays that could be called a hazy. We're not selling it that way. It's definitely a juice bomb, though, for sure. Yeah, it's a great beer. And you've got the the cat on there is it a zerical is that what it's called the ringtail cat the ringtail, yeah. Yeah, yeah so zerical is 
any animal that's adapted to live in a desert is a zirical. Like, hmm. you are a zirical. Oh. Yeah. Congratulations. Hey, Should I be offended by that? I've been no. telling you that for years. I think that was You're a zirical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, fantastic beer. Um, I'm kind of, well, I, I guess this isn't going to be the only beer I have. You guys have the Oktoberfest yeah. now. Nice. Yeah, super happy with that one. Yeah, it's solid, man. Yeah. I, uh, I've actually just started to come back around to lagers. Uh, and I uh, swore them off for a long, long time. Uh, just wasn't hitting my palate right, and recently they have been, and uh, that's a really, really fine beer. Thank you. I'm yeah. Technically, it's a Vienna lager, but that counts as an Oktoberfest. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, you're going with one of your favorites, a classic, Well, as right? the uh, resident Zerichol over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Golden Gold. We're all Zerichol. <laughs> Actually, this summer I didn't feel very adapted to the desert. No, but, nobody um, did. No. <laughs> no, this has been a go-to. So I, I went to college down the street from, from this brewery and, and uh, uh, got out of school in 2000. And um, uh, I've, I've been coming for the Kilt Lifter and the Light Lager since I was in college. Yeah. So that was... Almost got twenty years ago now, oh, dude. You twenty are years old you this year. Old twenty years, fella. Yeah. So <laughs> I got my go-to's. Some things never change. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have your go-to's, right? Yeah. Uh, so all right, we're doing brew panel. Uh, we're gonna mix it up each each month. That we do this. We're gonna get a rotating cast of, of characters, right? And we can call them characters. I think. I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I think it's nice about I was it. Yeah. Say, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what my pro officer calls me. <laughs> <laughs> So when you I only have 30 call. minutes until yeah, you got to leave, right? I mean, yeah. Um, so this one's going to be really about State of the Union. What's going on with, with I mean, craft beer in general, but more specifically Arizona beer. So, um, you know, we've got the veteran here in, in Andy. Um, you guys are, are getting up there, too, as far as veteranness, right? Is that a word? Veteranness? I think we got our legs under veteran? us. How many yeah, years Veteranness? Uh, coming up on five. Is that, five. is that a word? It is now. Five it's years for you, name of this, this episode. Uh, let's see. No, let's see. Uh, we're in our sixth year now. Six. So we'll be uh, we'll be seven in February. Wow. Which, Congratulations. I mean, That's awesome. in that number, like it's, it's like, okay, yeah, you, like you said, you're getting your legs under you. But you guys are probably as old or, or been, been open probably about... 50% of the breweries in Arizona, right? I mean, it could be because uh, I would say so, half yeah. of them. I mean, yeah. yeah. You remember I mean, what by, number by you guys were? Just because things have been accelerating so quickly, but, you yeah. know, that's kind of a great kind of segue into where we are and what we're doing, but, you know, it's like um, when we when, when we opened, um, you know, originally here in Tempe, um, there was really only a small collective of pretty well-established brands that were kind of out and around, you yeah. know, I mean, the groups that the groups that were still there and that you know you, you could see them out at retail outlets you could buy the cans and bottles you know like the, there wasn't a lot of mom and pop shops at that time though it was it was happening you know and then there was kind of like that as far as a brewery like a product like local breweries yeah well kind of seem and i think this is probably true for you know a lot of regions is there was like pretty well established groups that had survived the trials and tribs of being little and getting through some of the early bump your knee yeah and yep. then but the mom and pop <laughs> Like the startup, the all that stuff really wasn't kind of in full swing yet. You know, now it's kind of like household names. I mean, now it's like we're used to hearing numbers like there's a bajillion new breweries going to open this year, you know, and, yeah. and, and everyone knows someone who's got some association to a small craft setup. So that seems like to me the new normal. But back but seven years ago, eight years ago, when we were planning our licenses. I mean, I didn't I never worked in a brewery before we did what we did. And, yeah. and um, right. I, like it, right, so it seems so absurd now. If someone was to ask me now, like, "Hey, should I go start a brewery with no experience and not nearly enough money and no information and no like 
established reputation or brand or beers or whatever. Uh, yeah, two thumbs up, bro. Yeah, You're going to be yeah. really yeah. successful. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. would never give myself the why, advice to do Why don't I you did. just give me your money? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll both light it on How fire. How about this? Give me all the money yeah. in your wallet right yeah. now. I'll yeah. kick you in the butt, <laughs> and we'll call it a day. It's an old-fashioned shakedown. But, uh, but like even Matt, I mean, it's like, you know, we sit around and talked about when we were starting both of our breweries. It's like that we had those moments where there just wasn't that many examples. But you guys didn't come from nowhere. I mean, prior to breweries, you mean you both had thriving businesses good businesses that you work for hey, you right? know business experience i think is like you know that that's step one and you you yeah. need to have that to yeah. even be at the table um but running a brewery and, and growing a brewery is different yeah. it's it, definitely a different industry for mm-hmm. sure well i think that's maybe for me definitely it's the only thing that saved us was being able to rely on how to how to kind of run the business side of it because it wasn't sort of our first toe in the water right. you know i was already knee deep in the coffee business, you know, yeah. as well as having done other, had a, had other business experience. And so sort of knowing and predicting behavior based on the numbers, I'm like, are we going to survive? Well, I can tell you, you know, I mean, I can look and, and, and predict, okay, well, how am I going to keep from falling that pothole down the road? Cause I see it coming, you right. know, had it not been for yeah. that yeah, foreknowledge, not because of beer, just because of like business. business. Holy yeah. smokes. How to figure out financing, how to well, figure out all that. It's like, I mean, you can be the best brewer in the world. And if you don't know how to run a business, you're gonna, you're going to stumble. <laughs> Andy yeah, just raises it's his gonna, hand. <laughs> it's going to be tough. But like, so from my perspective, what is really neat about now is that when when we were getting ready to open, we only had a really really small pool of uh, breweries to consult with, to chat with, to pick their brains and, and say, hey, what path should we go down, or what's your advice on this, or how the hell do you fill out a TTB form, you know? And there was just a very doing that 25 years ago. <laughs> there's a very, very small yeah. uh, pool of people to get those resources from. And now it's like if you're opening a brewery, there is a huge collective now. Uh, and you can get a lot of great information from people at various sizes and stages in the game. And uh, I would say there's a lot more knowledge out there now for people to tap into. But definitely, uh, I still wouldn't advise it. And you used the internet a lot when you opened, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my beeper. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. did, too. You probably had two. I we, could see yeah, you we having two. We thought we were the shit. Yeah. We had, I had a purple one. It was like see-through. Oh, that's hot. Oh, yeah. It was pretty sweet. Oh, Clipped yeah. onto my acid wash jeans. Yeah. Little jellyfish yeah. case. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. So you didn't, but when you opened, you this was your first business right this is your my first, first business it wasn't the first brewery i worked in sure. fortunately yeah. Yeah. Uh, i worked at a place called coyote springs that's right. which is now sadly defunct for many many years great place yeah it was on uh, 20th street in camelback there's an orvis store there now an orvis yeah orvis and a forever 21 yeah <laughs> no, no. that's that's the one that's we got me. By forever 21 yeah. that's the sign of the times yeah, so right. yeah it's a great place though we were making really good beer but literally see the pants like you said we had no one to ping ideas off of no so what size system were you brewing on then uh it was a that was a 15 barrel century system direct fire nightmare Widowmaker. Widowmaker. yeah i think it was scary yeah uh, um impossible to clean it had this really funky valve manifold on them um 15 different valves that could go anywhere so if you're cleaning while you're brewing and you screw up one valve mm, bye-bye sayonara yeah so fun system um <laughs> yeah it was just but it was literally huh. brewing by the seat of your pants back then l- l- luckily i had a great mentor um clark nelson was the head brewer there um home brewer genius guy he 
was in the Navy and was on, he was a submariner and used to make beer on submarines. Really? Yeah, I used to get wow. with the maintenance guy and like decommission a sink in the kitchen and like pour a bunch of cornflakes and stuff in it, and bread yeast, and then <laughs> yeah. go to town. Sounds like prison hooch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're on a sub, you're underwater. It's a nuke sub. He was underwater for months at a time. Right? So, yeah. Desperate times. It seems like the CO2. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I want to increase uh, CO2 emissions in a sub. I don't know. It you know, <laughs> doesn't seem like a good yeah, idea. I've never spent time on a sub, so I don't know. That's true. It is a low oxygen environment anyway, but so you're already kind of messed up. What's a little more? Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> that alcohol. Go down yeah. in flames, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't see the color blue for a couple of weeks. Blue's <laughs> 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 overrated anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so, but, but when you when you opened, you had partners that, uh, that did understand the business side of things yes and yeah. had yeah but had no grasp of a brewery so it was yeah. lucky yeah in that yeah. sense that we got <laughs> together um i i wonder what would happen if they started their own and we started around we both would have failed yeah yeah, yeah. With, without each other <laughs> yeah there's no question so so let's right now like with with craft beer i mean craft beer is i mean do you feel it's at its peak in this country right, right now do you think we've seen the peak of popularity well, like maybe define that a little clearer because i mean there's a lot of ways you can kind of go with that i sure. mean um i mean do you mean in terms of like it sounds like you're tiptoeing around the word bubble yeah you let's, like let's just a, jump into that use yeah. the word use the four letter word bubble. yeah uh the four letter one two three four five uh yeah i mean is it is, is do you guys believe there is a bubble across the country where it's gonna now, are you talking like uh, just across the board are you thinking like as businesses or as i don't know dave i wasn't that prepared i'm just answering the no question dave <laughs> no like like Some i mean politicians did like yeah. uh, not answer the question yeah. right Thank well, you, by that do you mean uh so i mean i feel that craft beer is at its peak popularity uh andy i mean you've been around since early 90s in this i mean i've you, seen several you, peaks you see okay yeah Four? Four of them. To be exactly. Yeah. Oh, a shameless, a shameless <laughs> Thank plug. You. Yeah. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Try the veal. Is this the highest peak, though? I mean, do you feel this is the highest? Like, with, it with is in the terms of the of... number of brewers. Okay. Um, I, I, in a lot of ways, and again, I'll be the old guy shaking a stick saying, get off my lawn. <laughs> I, I do think quality has waned Okay. across the industry. Um, and I think a lot of that is the fact that all of these brewers aren't being as creative as they should be and could be. They they jump on trends. They find like hazy IPA right right now. It's, it's on fire. I, yeah. I, I I regret to think about what the industry would be like without hazy IPA right now. It's it's the fuel that's running the engine. Okay, interesting. But yeah. but that's what brewers are doing. They're opening up and they're going right into a, a, a new trendy style instead of trying to carve their own way. I think that's a detriment in the industry. I, I, when you lose that diversity among 8,000, 9,000 breweries, I think you lose something as an industry. Okay. Um, so that would be my, my, my shout out, my beg to everyone is go get weird. Try be the next new thing. Be the next hazy. Be the next juicy. Yeah. You, can, you can do it. You can do both, right? I mean, you really Absolutely can. Absolutely you can. Well, I don't know. Can you? Because I, I don't know. I get... It's kind of amusing that these the, a lot of the brewers that are like a year or two years old that hung their hat on hazy IPAs are now reading the tea leaves and they think that you know hellas lager is the next thing so here i've been making this wildly variant beer and now i have to become this technical brewer to make a hellas lager it's kind of i don't know it's a little schadenfreude for me to kind of watch them struggle a little bit but yeah but they'll get it they will eventually or or the market will shake them out exactly yeah 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 and and i guess that's maybe that's what i was asking is like with that bubble 
that people are saying it's inevitably going to burst, right? Where I think it was a conversation you and I had on your episode where uh, where it really is just creating a situation where the, the best are going to continue to rise. Yeah, so and the cream always rises to the top, yeah. right? And and market shakes out the fakers. And uh, there's there's a lot of people that are uh, that are in the industry now, I think, that are looking to exclusively make hype beers and aren't focused on quality and they're trying to get a money grab and all that will get that'll get shook out right yeah. but i don't think but personally i don't think that there's a bubble in the way everybody traditionally looks at a bubble i think there's a lot of room for growth as long as it's quality focused uh i i believe in and you know it's my business model i believe in that pub that pub business model i think they're you know we got 4.5 million people here in in phoenix and i just read a report the other day that there's 200 people moving into the valley a day right now wow so and a lot of them are coming over from california and california's got a huge you know tremendous historical beer scene so these are crap beer drinkers that are coming over uh and when you look at just you know er, phoenix doesn't really have that that urban center it's got suburban sprawl so i think there's room for little microbreweries and brew pubs in every major district and neighborhood in the valley uh and and then i think that you can duplicate that throughout the entire country so i is there room for uh you know 504 peaks in arizona no of course not you know um but is there room for you know two to three hundred small independent um brew pub focus like you know town hall style uh gathering places sure um if the quality's there yeah yeah that's actually a really good point yeah the quality the quality has to be there yeah, and we were joking just minutes ago about you know beepers from that long ago, and I and I think definitely I I went through school in that time period where I didn't have a keyboard in my classroom at school until I was in high school, and then by the time you like get out of college, it's like there's the iPhone exists, right? So that's like the interim period where like I was always a laggard, like I I didn't adopt. I was like ah, this, this internet thing's a fad, you know? Like I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> So I literally had a beeper when I graduated high school. Yeah. And which was what year? Uh, Just, 2000. Okay. Okay. Wow. That, so that's, yeah, 2000. That was, you were like a hipster for the most part, right? No, no. Actually, it's way <laughs> worse than that. My, my dad's a dentist. Okay. And he had one of those really lame, like, doctor ones that's a side read, and it's, like, sandstone colored. Okay. Not a cool, like, neon plastic one. Yeah. It was, like, yeah. like the, the, and it had a, a clip that would always fall off. <laughs> And so um, you got your dad's kick down. Is oh that yeah, what you're he got my, I got my hand me downs from the from the thing. So uh, yeah, it wasn't cool or hipster at all. Yeah. <laughs> it would be now though. It would like, be now. You, yeah, dude, you I, I got to reactivate yeah. that page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys can beat me. Yeah. Um, Take those old Jordans out of your closet. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey man, honestly, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would trade my phone for a beeper right if, now. If like I could, today. I would for yeah. sure. But. Um, so you saw that transition. So I, I think the technology swing and the access to the market is a huge determinant, right? So, like Instagram as a source of information kind of makes all new brands look like they're a hundred miles wide if they're good at taking pictures and posting and communicating, right? Okay. So I think it's like a communication game. But the fact of the matter is, is like a startup business who might be making either entry level or world class beers at their own little spot. Sometimes you're not even getting your beers out and away from your own location. So the internet would have it look like there's this swelling of epic proportions. But what I think when it comes to pints out in the world, it's not nearly the impact that it would lead us to believe when I use, when I think of a word like a bubble, right? Yeah. I'm thinking like 
I, I'm thinking grand economics. And I think what's... Oh, what's, wait. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. the biggest kinds of things, but... There's more beer out there than people can consume. I think right? there's more information well, there's out there than we can consume. There, right? But yeah, when it comes to consume. ounces, yeah. I mean, the the... the, the the, the regional players that because you know Phoenix is a huge draw for regional producers in my yeah. Yeah, I see we have access to so much cool beer yeah and the producers that bring a lot of stuff here are very 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 large yeah. you know like Lagunitas it's just like oh my god it's so You're big you're talking about like places like like even like La Combre and, and all these places like oh I guess I was meaning like some of the majors like um, like a Dogfish Head a Stone okay, or Lagunitas okay, gotcha. a Ballast Point things like that you know it's like yeah. um, you know the, the, those big producers are so big um, and you know, it's like, okay, okay, let's just look at the numbers, right? Phoenix, it's like, let's just say we all celebrated, I celebrated, acknowledged a hundred, a hundred licenses in the state, you know? And it's like, that was a, that was a milestone event. But of those hundred producers, it's not like everyone's making a metric, you know, boatload of beer. It's like, sure. You know, yeah. Some of those, I'd say what most of half of those brewers are under 1500 barrels annually. So oh, I'd say, yeah, yeah. thousand, Absolutely. maybe less even. Yeah, yeah, even I, less. So it, that's all I mean is point by. We're on by target it, to hit a thousand this year for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It's well, not and, a lot. And, yeah. and even if it's great, so in, so the in, information would have us believe that there's this huge swelling, and but it's still unbelievably nuclear and niche. You yeah. know, and I think that's rad. So yeah. just playing the counterpoint is like I don't perceive a bubble in the sense of economics. You know, what okay. I mean, I think that we're learning how to deal with information because sure. it comes at us so fast, and so we have to filter a lot of stuff. And you're like. Man, I'm feeling fatigued because I there's like so many things coming my way information wise via yeah. my phone. You know, that's a good point. Well, maybe there's um, maybe there's bubbles. I mean, by strata, yeah, I think you guys are right. I think there's definitely a ton of run room for for the brewpub model, like you said. But if you're a regional guy like me, it's a little bit more stress inducing. It's sure, especially at our size because we're getting nipped from behind and from top. So it's it's difficult. It's it's it, because I'm not worried. Obviously, I'm always worried about getting, you know, on-premise handles. That's what we've built our business on. But now we've got to spend so much of our focus on package product and, and making Have sure it's to. right and getting shelf space. And it's a different world. And I think maybe that's where there's a bubble, little bit bigger bubble than what you're talking about. Your layers, for sure. Well, and, and I guess that's a fair point, too, because I don't have line of sight beyond my current horizon. Right. You know, I mean, none of us do. And yeah. so I, I look at it and think, like, the small guys... Um, meaning like that under hundred, that fifteen hundred barrels. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, it's like rock and roll. There's no bubble yeah. in sight. You yeah. know, but then you get to a certain place and you're like, well, if I'm looking beyond my name, my own city, you know, if you're able to place product beyond there, yeah, I have no clue what Struggle. that world looks like. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. And do you guys see that at, like across the board across the country? Like, is I, it kind of this for breweries my size? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. There's some, there's some puckered people out there really yeah yeah anybody walked into a bedmo lately and looked at the shelves yeah i mean yeah. it's crazy yeah. uh and it's way different than it was 10 years ago 15 years ago forget about it like mm-hmm. whole whole different layout uh but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't even want to be in that space it's yeah i wouldn't even want to be there it's it's tough. It's I mean yeah, it's you're right. Well, so it just, it just, it just seems so, it so just you're, seems you're stressful. Expert. Walk down. Well, so walk I, us down the aisle here. What are you talking about? No, I'm not. I'm just some jabroni from Mesa. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean this. It's like okay, so you you walk into the store and it's like, what are you experiencing? Like when you walk down the aisle, what are you seeing that's new? Like what what what? what I don't what, mean brand specific. I mean like what's the experience when you walk down that that aisle for you? So for me, it's it's uh, it's just a little it's a little intimidating. Uh, it's it's extremely. Uh, 
it's it's like shell shock. There's so much choice right now, and you've got all of your you've got all your old standards that you you know and trust, right? All those brands that, that have brought you up and have uh, taken care of you hard times and all that. Um, but then you've just got all these new labels and packaging and formats. Uh, n- not that there's too many new formats, but uh, four packs versus six packs and. Uh, Tall boys versus twelve ounces and, 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 and all, yeah. all that, right, Andy? So, so I think that it's uh, like I used to be able to walk into uh, a, a bottle shop or or, or Bevmo or Total Wine, and I'd go straight for the twenty twos, right? Twenty twos is a really really easy way to experience a new product without uh, damaging your pocket, without committing to a six pack or a twelve pack, and it was just such a great format. Uh, so now. Uh, now those are kind of going away and so you either have a four pack which is a little you know again a less of a commitment uh than a six pack or a 12 pack but uh there's just a lot of choice and i do see that things just continually rotate so even the shelves are rotation nation it's not just the tap handles Uh, so everything's always changing the new stuff that you might get excited about or hear about that you want to get access to um well as soon as it's available it's gone uh so uh, it, it's just a different, it's a different landscape than it used to be, I don't, for sure. And speaking from the expert role or consumer role, I don't. I, I, it's daunting for sure. But I think what's more daunting for me is to go to a, a local pub, not a brew pub, a bar, and they'll have eight taps, and seven of them are IPAs. So it's almost like there's a lack of. That's amazing. <laughs> I get it. But that's what we call amazing. No, but I hear you. Yeah, but what if I want to have a, a golden lager? You know, I'm out. I can't do it. It's all, it's seven IPAs and a Guinness, you know? Yeah. So I kind of see the same thing, too, That to that point of, like, um, things get truncated a little bit. That's like dealing with the information. You know, because I'm totally with you, Matt, that when you used to walk into a bottle shop, even an eclectic spot, and the bombers was almost a signaling that it's a unique and different product. And so if you're sort of palate driven, you're like, I just want something new all the time because there's lots to experience. The bomber seemed to be like the, the flag that was being waved. Like, Absolutely. Like, like they, this was, this was the signal the to me. Is the beacon, cons- yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, or at least it's the new and different, you know, I might love it. I might hate it, but it's going to be different. And then they that's went not away. the way anymore. Right. I mean, well then they went away. Like, oh yeah. Just like overnight. Were like, I, I'm, why am I taking up shelf space on a, on yeah. a shareable product? Yeah. So then it's splintered, right? Then you got four packs and singles and mix your own. So I don't know if you'll ever see twenty twos really dominate like that again. I, I don't think they. I don't think they could come back. No, not no. at this point. It's bring it back as nostalgia. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's, it's only, been, it's only retro retro like packaging. Yeah. You can make a well, beeper beer. I was say, yeah. Yeah. Beeper's got to be involved. Yeah. Well, in now, it. Hey, watch. It'll uh, come out tomorrow. Yeah. Somebody's yeah, yeah, gonna yeah, watch right. it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. I just want everyone to know that I've copyrighted Yeah. Really. No, I, well, okay, so I was chatting with my friend recently who does a lot of work in Japan, and so he's back and forth a lot, and um, and he just loves spending time over there, and he's enamored by the products, and he's like, like just go to the shopping places, go wherever, and he's like, all the products has like bright and wild packaging, different colors, different things, different shock factor, different, and he goes, and some of the known brands will change over their core look of the same product, not even relaunch the product, just change the packaging, like every quarter. And he goes, sometimes I'm looking for a certain product that I know and I can't find it 
because I have to have someone show me where it is because I can't identify it because they changed the look or the logo or the icon yeah. or the whatever. And That's it's wild. Like, it just because it attracts, because there's so much new happening all the time. Then there's four picks. It took it's us 22 to... years to get a new brand image. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. If it was working, it was working, man. Yeah. Man. And he, so he was explaining to me the extremes of like, there's an established look and feel of tradition, right? And then there's something that's like the new, new. And he used it as an example of taking it, new sales better than everything else to the extremes. And, 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 uh, so of course that seems, I never visited there, but it sounded like a pretty wild experience. But yeah. isn't that kind of what we're going through now in beer? Well, and that's the information. It's the new, new. You know? it's, I, yeah. I don't care. What well, have you done for me lately? It's like, I, well, can art too, right? Like the, the marketing, like I, like I, I've been sucked in by the marketing of things like so many times like dude that can art is badass and i drink i'm like that is shitty beer <laughs> you know and here's, i mean here's like, what it that i am <laughs> so i'll go into a liquor store and look at the windows and i'll see the can art cans and i don't really even look at them because i'm like it doesn't tell me what it is it's beautiful yeah but i don't know yeah. what's in the can right so old school that's a, I, that's I a so old that's school. season yeah, right so there, i though. take my yeah. walker and i scoot away yeah. <laughs> no you, you you're right though it's um so uh I think to Dave's point earlier, we're we're in that Instagram society, right, and that mindset, and everything's uh, you know pushed information. So there's a, I I think that people are buying with their eyes, and you know based on hype and things like that, and it's it's interesting to watch. But uh, I've had the same experience that you've had, Eric. Is like, oh well, you know, if the contents in that can are half as dope as the label would project it to be. I'm going to be stoked on this beer, right? Yeah. And then, and yep. then it's just horrible disappointment. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that everything just like needs to blend and match and pace, right? And it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, like you were saying, like, um, or, or Dave, you were saying, like, you go down. Somebody said this. I don't remember who it was. Going down that aisle, right? And when uh, there's so many things, it's hard to find what you're looking for, right? If I'm if I want to go and get the Lacombre Hazy IPA. I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck it is. There's so many <laughs> colors and information, that information overload, right? Uh, whether it's digital, whether it's in person when you're walking down the aisle of one of the big places, um, it's it's tough. It, it's tough as a consumer to figure out. But it's out no different it, than the wine aisle. Than the what? Than the wine oh, aisle. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, dude, I was that's just even thinking more the same intimidating. Thing. Yeah, that's yeah. even more Because there's like six of those. Yes, I've been buying yeah. wine based on the label for my I whole life. I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. most yeah. people buy. Oh, look, there's a frog yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, <laughs> it's so unbelievably I mean, true. Yeah. 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 Well, so here's something. That my grocery store, my Fry's Marketplace by my house, has a larger craft beer selection than some of the bottle shops that I used to go to. Fry's, this is a shameless plug, they do an amazing job. They do. Fries is a is a great retailer to, to deal with. As the guy from Fries runs in and slips yeah. money yeah. in your pocket, yeah. right? Yeah. You guys can't see this, yeah. but that just happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have, I mean, have a Fries shirt on right now. They have, a, they have they have an amazing craft beer selection because they do it right. They're, they they, they think really about do. it. They and there's variety and and package size and they, they just do a really Seltzers really good job. And, Everything. Do they do a good rotation? Party party. (laughs) So I'm just I'm amazed by that. So like I I usually don't buy I I don't buy a lot of beer anymore because we make it right. And if I want a beer at home, it's usually one of mine. Uh, And that that's not thanks for nothing. I'm just saying. (laughs) I've bought a lot of your beer, brother. (laughs) I have. I promise. Um, But like 
it, so it, I just I, I I realized one day that their their selection and their showcasing and their displays and their like everything about it was was bigger and more profound than some of the original bottle shops that I used to go to, and you know and again that's that's fifteen twenty years ago, so we're in a different world, but like that's kind of where that's. I think that's a great snapshot of where it's at. Is that it is becomes craft beer is becoming you think maybe, very mainstream. Do you think maybe the bottle shops are, are, are shooting for the geek crowd and and Kroger fries has to kind of have this broader spectrum? Well, yeah, they have to, but but also so now you're seeing uh, the 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 Whole Foods beer bar style setup inside of fries as well. Um, which is awesome. I think like that, ain't, that ain't the most Love mainstream that. thing you've ever seen yeah. in your life. I mean, like that's where like things are getting a little crazy. I used to have to sneak my own beer in. Now I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I had to put it in a coffee cup yeah. and a straw. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, so I, I think that's like it's very telling of of that craft beer is definitely hitting more consumers, more mainstream consumers. You got the wife with two kids in tow that are that are putting craft beer in the in the cart. Uh, is it for her? Is it for the husband? Is it for their party this weekend? I don't know. Is it for the kids? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know these. And I don't ask. So you know, yeah, I don't know. But it's. Uh, I mean, it's definitely more. It's more mainstream, uh, and it's not that that cool little funky, dirty niche that it used to be. Uh, you know, we we used to be part of this very exclusive club, and we're not part of that exclusive club anymore because it's just so big. It's globalized. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing I, I think I've seen with the with the sharing of information, and I like to me a huge trigger was the fact that you can see a product instantly. Like via, I used Instagram a ton, right? I love the magazine aspect of it. It's like a blurb, pictures. You can barely read, so I like to look at a lot of yeah. pictures. Perfect. <laughs> so, but the sharing of information. So, like at the beginning, when you have this like gluttony of information, it doesn't necessarily discern quality. Um, and so you have to reassess. Like all of us as people, we start to like. We get acclimated to how do we deal with that increased flow of data, right? So then at first, we're looking at, okay, well, we used to judge all of our products by the taste, right? And to some degree, the look, right? Sure. We want to polish it. So you got two of the five senses. Well, now you introduce the picture aspect. And so it's not just people going out and drinking beers and glassware. It's now I can see it. I can see a, I can see a, a visual representation of what also might be. And so it becomes part of the... The, the sensory array, you know, so it's like now I've engaged just one additional sense. So now you've got like taste. How does it sound? Uh, put Rice Krispies in beers. I don't know. Who knows? But I think as you engage all of the other sensory none of components, that, none of that ensures quality. No, it absolutely doesn't. And that's the, that's the thing is, but, but we have the data set available. And so we try to figure out what to do with it. And so when we buy wine because of a visual, because we don't have any other thing to go off of, or we have a taste, we have, I think there's that, that reassessment of having more data available and then figuring out how to prioritize it. And then, but I feel like all the senses matter. I think it's fun to experience a product, not with the blinders of taste only because that's part of it. But part of the fun factor is, am I able to share it? Does is it, am I sharing something that I'm liking? Am I enjoying the fact that I'm seeing some throwback art or some put somebody puts a cassette on a thing and it reminds me of high school and or you know just any nostalgic throwback kind of piece yeah connects me to the product all the more for the purposes of having fun and so i think that's kind of cool when you're like hey this is really cool and it looks neat and it tastes kind of sometimes it's great sometimes not so much so um so what okay so what we're really talking about though is the marketing of beer right and marketing is extremely powerful and no offense so make sure that the higher-ups don't shit on me for their <laughs> listening. But, 
they're always ABM listening. Bev has always been a marketing company that sells beer, right? I mean, and they are they are a marketing powerhouse, uh, and they always have been. Uh, it, I mean, uh, back to oh, thank you, uh, back to the. Uh, you know, the Spuds McKenzie and the frogs and the <laughs> bathing suit ads and, and all those things, uh, the horses. I mean, they're selling an image and a lifestyle and they're trying to connect with people through their product. But, I mean, it's it's been a marketing and advertising powerhouse. I will, in their defense, because I feel obligated, <laughs> they are an incredibly quality-driven company. Everybody knows that. They are. It's amazing. Everybody so knows I'll, that. I'll, 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 e- even my... in, 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 and so... My statement on their marketing isn't to uh, diminish their quality of their beverage. Uh, they, they make spot-on, uh, highly technical beer every single time they make it for the masses. I, I, I don't think anybody can ever question that, right? Um, but, man, they drove that marketing train, right? And so now I think that we see that in a much smaller scale with people that have no budgets, that are getting other people to do that marketing for them through influencers on Instagram, things like that. And it's a really, really fun thing to watch because it's, it's very organic. So we're, we're so different now than the past. We don't, if we have a beer idea, you better have it 360. I mean, everything from marketing to visuals to everything. Or so if you're going to create a new beer, like so if, if I want to come up with a new beer, something odd. Yeah. Right. I, I can go, yeah, that's pretty cool. Whatever. Lima. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no one else is going to think that's cool unless it has a complete 360 view around it. Uh, and we won't right. go forward until that happens. Because to your point, I don't think you can anymore. We don't live in that age where you can just kind of burp out beer well, and, well, and got the best. Which has got to be somewhat stifling in terms of like everything has to have a longer lead time on it, right? Oh, God. That's the worst part. Yeah. The worst part. No, it's awful. So in and then speed to market is so, a nightmare. So now where where I'm at, like so my market is my is my bar, right? Yeah. So if we come up with a new idea, we get access to new hops, we want to do a different style, we just go, hey, let's write the recipe, let's plan it. Okay, we're brewing it this day, yeah. it launches on this day, and then it's live. You are three week nimble. It's so I'm, awesome. I'm six man. month nimble. Yeah, it's so awesome. Nimble's not even the right word. But but sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's not great because like we're we're moving things so quickly that we don't get great marketing behind it. Uh, and Dave, I'm, I'm I'm sure that you experienced that as well with the stuff that you like just do tap room only and, and things like that. Oh man, well, and I think that sliding scale of like the ability to pivot, you know, as you get a, a, a wider reach and a longer a longer reach, your ability to pivot timely diminishes because of all the layers in the supply chain, you know. And that's just that's not beer specific. That's literally any industry yep. you can think of, sure. you know. And so. Um, the fact that any big established business wants to improve their their pivot ability is unbelievable. You think about like some of the most, you, you look at the biggest, like I think of a strata in business, right? You've got kind of an owner operator style business, uh, which tap rooms are a great example of that, right? Up through like, you know, you have someone have four or five locations, you have a few cafes, you know, or you're a big box retailer or you're a big, big arena retailer. Usually getting big means stability. Right, consistency. It's like, why does Walmart always has the best prices on toilet paper? Right, because they're so dang big, they sell a ton of toilet. I don't know, but that stability, I think, in the um, in the grander sense of business, or maybe a more traditional view of it, bigger meant stable, you know. But with the internet and your ability to shop online and the flow of information and the flow of whatever, there's an X factor that gets introduced to that whole equation, and now all of a sudden, the old version of being big. 
doesn't come with the same benefits that maybe it once did because your marketplace is increasingly getting transient increasingly i mean god forbid the day people can shop online for craft beer but i mean, they can it, now it's called well, drizzly yeah can. well i mean yeah. and there was no red tape in terms of state to state and distribution and sales and blah 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 and it's just like when it becomes the the whole new world of amazon sells everything oh my god well what how much different will things be at that juncture because the real traditional benefits like the walmart super centers that are inundate our you know state every every four miles there's like a super center you know the benefits of having that big box retail get diminished as time goes by as more and more accessibility and transit becomes available so i kind of see all those trends continuing to happen and it's like big big and medium-sized businesses have to completely figure out how to get to their customer quicker and get to, you know what i mean like that that, that becomes a real challenge but i think it, it's kind of a soapbox issue for me so we always talk about that third space, right? You know, you've got yeah. work and home and your, your local. third place, yeah. yeah. Your third place. But increasingly, if... I hate to dump on millennials. Everyone dumps on millennials. But that age group and then the, the generation after them, they're an instant gratification. They can, they can literally go on an app and someone will pick up their laundry and bring it back for them. Um, and you just mentioned it, Drizzly, and all the... If Amazon decides to sell alcohol, which they will. They will. They're going to do it what happens to the third space I mean you can go online and see all these sort of active people that you think they're going to change the world and bring about socialism but they're afraid to pick up a phone and talk to a human and order a pizza right. <laughs> so, so I, I, I worry about that loss of the third space that, and in a larger sense I worry about that sense of community that we're going to lose I, I we're all going to be hunkered down in front of our phones and in front of our Netflix and, and never leave because stuff can just come to you yeah. maybe which is not a great way to live you maybe there's go out, a bubble you meet on people, that gotta, though you know what I mean so maybe there's a bubble on that and, and some people will wake up one day and realize that they've spent the last 10 years staring at their damn phone screen and they actually want to engage with their family and friends and people in that third place and what's, what's really unique about the people at this table is that all of us have that and have created that and you know to some it's their church and to others it's their town hall and sometimes they just want to you know gather with friends and I, I don't I don't really see that ever going away. We I don't know, I respectfully disagree. I do. Yeah. I think it's waning. I God, think, I hope it doesn't, man. I, I, I think it's more people cool. are you look yeah. at like uh postmates or I mean all of those businesses are taken off right now. Because why? I don't know why. Because people don't want to go out. They don't yeah. want to I mean there's always the fear of DUI. I, I get that. Yeah. Um but there's rideshare now. I mean, sure. There's, there's yeah. ways around that. I don't know what it is. It's this retraction of, of community to me. Do, I, do you I, see your do you see your pub traffic declining? We have, but I've also seen our 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 offsite stuff like Postmates take off, explode. Okay. Yeah. So so you're con- so that consumer is trading the the overall experience mm-hmm. for the convenience yeah. of having your product. Yeah. They still want your product. Yeah. And I'm that's, here. That's I, awesome. We we want to be experiential though. We want that yeah. we want to be your third place. We don't we don't want you hunker down in your house and waiting for a a food delivery guy, you know. I will tell you, my house is my favorite place ever. And, 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 <laughs> and, and more and more, like, and more honestly, and more, and more, more they, they are because you've got all the amenities you could ever ask for. Right? You're you're completely connected from your house. Why would you ever want to go out? Well, but also, it's where I want to be. But also, though, like with with what all of us do, we are around people all the time. You know what I mean? So like we're we're around. You're entertaining people. We are, I, but is a is a 21 year old. What what I'm saying that's why Matt's favorite place is his house is because that's his like getaway. Like Did I you need just call to get, me old. 
You motherfucker. Did <laughs> I you think just I call did. me old? I, I think I did, yeah. So I, uh, I thought we knew. I thought we agreed on that. Uh, like, you know, like you were before beepers. Rude. So, uh, <laughs> rude. <laughs> well, so, and that, that that's a really good point, though. Like, because that that's what I love about, about breweries is, I mean, breweries are great because I could take my kids there, right? Yeah. My kids can go. They can play Battleship while I'm talking with a friend having a beer, right? Um, but, yeah, people are just, like, people are... I think we're losing that ability yeah. to communicate with each yeah, other. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a sad that, thing to, that's to not be able to sit at a bar and somebody sits next to you and strike up a conversation. That's a that's a big loss to me, community-wise, beer or not. It, that, sure. You know, one, one of my favorite breweries before we opened ours was always Pete's Port over in mm-hmm. San Diego. Yeah. And I loved it. First time I walked in there... Uh, so like I, I'm social in a I'm very social in a group of people that I know in a group of people that I don't know I'm I'm usually a little more reserved I want to feel the situation out and you walk into Pizza Port and it's all picnic tables so I'm going to be sitting next to some asshole I don't know right and, <laughs> who might and, not be a, an asshole a, but of course they're going to be right in my mind they're going to be some asshole and 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 so like first time I walk in there I'm like uh this sucks. <laughs> and I sit down, and I have the most amazing conversation with somebody I don't know. We hit it off. Um, they're not rude. They're not intrusive. It's like everybody's married, just having a kids. Yeah, everybody's having a great time. And I thought, man, that model is awesome. Like, at first, I didn't, I didn't love it. But yeah. uh, I didn't love the idea of it. But when I, when I immersed myself in it, I loved it. So when we opened BRI, we threw big, long, 10-top tables in that are not necessarily reservable like if if you've got four people you don't get the whole damn table there's gonna be six new friends right. sitting next to you um and we did that on purpose to kind of maybe force that social yeah. interaction yeah. right um when we first opened we didn't have tvs and i was adamantly against tvs i was like i don't want them in our pub at all because i want people having conversation and interacting with each other and i lost that fight um it's, <laughs> i mean partnerships are like marriages and you have to compromise but um so sometimes you just lose. Sometimes you lose. I, I lost. I lost that battle. It, it wasn't. It wasn't worth fighting anymore. And so, so the the reality is that like we we tried to create a space where people can interact and and almost because like if you don't interact, you're going to be really uncomfortable and you're going to look like an ass. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I I think that there's a lot of like-minded people out there that want to get out and socialize. And maybe these 21, 22 year old kids don't want to do that but i but i also think that everybody goes through you know kind of those curves in life and maybe they'll come around to it i hope they do i do too i just you look at the rates of depression now amongst young people and i think it's because they don't communicate they don't get out and rub shoulders and it's that comparison um culture too right of like you said all that information specifically on social media people like oh shit dude i've been paying Fortnite, and my buddy here's got fucking wads a hundred dollar bills on this jet you know, which was <laughs> my life sucks. Yeah. yeah yeah but it's that uh, because you're not getting out you're not actually getting out and like seeing like all right yeah dude this this instagram life is not what real life is about um so so let me let me go back a little bit so i think defining what you want to be like let's, let's say brewery specific right when you're about to open up i mean how important do you guys think it is to define what it is you want to do, right? Do you want to be a place that's on shelves at Fry's, or do you want to be just the place that only has your beers on tap in your neighborhood? You know what I mean? Like, how important do you think that is to define before you even open up? 
I think it's huge. Yeah. If you don't have a hook, then you're just another one of the 9,000. So it, in, in like comparison to saying, hey, let's just open, let's open a brewery, we'll figure shit out as we go. I think we that's be. probably a recipe for some struggles. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and did you I'm not going to say you're have... going to fail, but sure. I think you're going to struggle. If you, but if you can come out of the gate and be unique in some way, you're going to be ahead of the game. That's just my opinion. But but if you come out of the gate and you're making everything that the guy two miles down the road's doing and your bar looks just like his bar, it, you're it's going to be a little little struggle. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, need more corrugated and uh, uh, rough rust, wood. Rusted metal. Yeah. And, ru- and wood. That's what we need. Right. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of it at my place. You can come and buy yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Your new well, bar revamp is awesome, though. That I love that. It looks great. Oh, yeah, for sure. really cool. Yeah. Hey, thank you, yeah. guys. That was uh, Ryan, right? Ryan. The. Oh, oh, well, okay. So shout out to Ryan Colvin. He's a... Yeah. Uh, He's he's a metal work extraordinaire. He is, yeah. Uh, and we a did all of, the and a hell of a brewer. I mean, oh yeah, so that's we kind of emphasize dude. a lot. Yeah. Of, it's well, it's um, there's a few of us over there that do it, but um, if we're not doing the the business or doing our daily jet, you know, the job part, yeah. Uh, Jason Calhoun and Dylan D. Miguel and I and and uh, Steve Giancola is kind of a friend. He's like a he's the he's the Yoda of cra- of uh, carpentry. Oh really? This guy's okay. An unbelievable lifelong like finishing carpenter yeah and he's kind of a just been a longtime friend helped us build every location we ever did and yeah. like yoda um, he only has four fingers right. yeah and he's small <laughs> that's and how green good he is from the yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah <laughs> solid no, this guy's just a great friend and coach so we'll, we went in and he'll he'll come up with the i either either we have an idea that's half formed and he'll show us how to make it work or but we put in the grunt work and he teaches us all the time so like hey we want to do a new bar addition we want to do some new trim we want to do some whatever everything from framing out the building i mean he he literally did everything with us so we show up and provide the grunt work and then he provides the education and the jokes the guidance and the jokes yeah. so we have a good time with steve <laughs> Turned and, out great. and uh yeah. but uh so when so when you guys opened did, did you have do you did you guys have a, a like that long-term vision in mind of what you guys wanted to be well i think it's a great question that you ask about like when you come out of the gate what does it take to be successful i think it, it's worth defining that layers of success so it's like I still feel like we're in an environment where it's forgiving. The, 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 the market it wants to see a one-off startup succeed. Yep. And I think that the amount of bodies you need in your own front door to be able to make the sales to do that thing, it's still pretty favorable in the sense that, like, you can open. Like, I mean, I'm a great example of opening with a half-baked idea and, and uh, best intentions, but without a formal plan. And it was a recipe for an amazing amount of stress. Um, but also if I had known what I was getting myself into, I probably would have talked myself out of it being <laughs> a halfway reasonable individual. But now that some of those hurdles are passed and, you know, behind me, it's like, there's nothing I would rather do with my day and my time. Like I literally love what I get to do every day. Um, so are you saying when you, when you guys started, you did, you didn't have that, that solid, Oh no, like, we had aligned. absolutely no plan whatsoever. Just like, let's open we, a brewery. We, see we what literally happened. were using extra space in the back of one of our existing shops. Okay. Okay. And it, we were literally making use of some dead space. And we're like, if we brew even one halfway decent beer, cool. <laughs> like right. I'm already paying rent on this space. <laughs> right. Like, let's just, let's just get a license in the most bare bones way imaginable. And let's just see what happens. But and what about when the shop came about, though? Like, so well, that the, wasn't for like another three years. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, yeah. it was like yeah. when we decided to upgrade and upgrade and upgrade. It was like it was out of necessity and it was out of ignorance. And I mean, when we first started, we didn't have access to glycol. We didn't have a chiller. 
So the first chiller I ordered was like the biggest, it was like the size of a washing machine. And it was just this white box that showed up on a crate with everything was in Chinese. There was no instructions. There was no whatever. And I'm looking at the <laughs> maintenance guy. Out. And I'm like, the guy that delivered it, you know, I'm on the phone and I'm like, what did you send me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, just have your plumber hook it up. And I'm like, my plumber is standing right here and he doesn't know what you sent me. Like, what is this Just thing? hook it up. Yeah. And he's like, well, there's a man. So he didn't know either. The yeah, guy oh, that yeah, sent it was yeah. just BSing and ended up getting a refund on it. So, I, so I'm literally standing there with... Dylan, my brother-in-law and partner in the business, and I'm like, Dylan, what, I mean, what the hell? Who are we gonna call? Like, there is literally, there, <laughs> like, there's, there's no like, glycol for dummies or whatever. So I called Andy Ingram, sitting here, you know, and I'm like, look, I, this is weird. Sorry to bug you. Yeah. Can you tell me what the hell I got? <laughs> he's like, you got Andy he's like I, I'm, I'm sure he's just like, this guy's going to just be broke any second. Like, so he kind of walks me through. They open the panel. Here's what you look for. Here, okay, blah, blah, blah. Here's what you got. Okay, here's who you need to call. And, and it's just like troubleshoot the thing, point me in the right direction, get me the right kind of vendor. Ultimately, the other guy he referred me to told me to send that crap back to wherever it came from, yeah. from the hell from which it came. <laughs> and and uh, so not only that, but then Andy sets us up with like the right manufacturers. Here's the right product. Here's a briefing on what the do's and don'ts of this kind of product. And it's funny when you start out, it's like, okay, yeah, I can do one or two beers. But then the network that's required, the system of friendships, the system of support, the referrals, the whatever – to go from brewing one beer to two beers to 10 to a hundred to opening multiple locations and to growing beyond, you know, let's just say it's like, I mean, a 10 barrel fermenter is a big tank when you're starting out. It's a huge, you know, sure. if you're going yeah. from like homebrew setup to like, that's a big milestone in your huge. career. Yeah. But then to progress beyond that, the steps don't, they don't stop being big. You know what I mean? I think that's something that's some, sometimes underappreciated is every time a tank shows up, it feels big to me. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the tanks are bigger now, it's like it's like Christmas, man. Oh, dude! And <laughs> to me, the milestones don't stop being cool and big and awesome just because they're bigger, you know. And and yeah. now it's like we got a whole. Um, they shouldn't though. That's why you did it. I mean, actually, Andy and I were having a beer. I was celebrating because when we first opened our new brewery, we had a wall of fermenters. We had five fermenters that went wall to wall in the building. Yeah. You know? And so we had we had we had filled the wall, and it was like a celebration. And uh, Andy, some of the crew were over having a beer on a Friday. And I'm like, Andy, come on. I want to show you this. I'm really proud of it. And I had bought a sixth tank. So I finally had one facing the other one. It was like, Ah. and I go, dude, I got the start of a hallway. (laughs) It's not just a wall anymore. It's a hallway. Yeah. And uh, we we shared a laugh and whatever else. And then, um, so then Andy shares with me, he's like, well, when you get three rows, it's a forest. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, you got to celebrate every one of these little achievements. And and, uh, tank farm. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so tank six was like a major deal for me, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and then they keep being major. So like that was, that was years ago. And, um, but that's like, that's the stuff that keeps you going, right? I mean, totally. it's like, yeah. Milestone Those after milestone. Victories after. and yeah. And don't be afraid of the big, you know, that's big school. Oh, what well, yeah. dude, everyone that shows, they're all your special children, you know, all yeah. those little fermenters. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but then to segue. So like the, the question before was like the vi- the bubble and the viability of starting out. It's yeah. like it's so cool to just follow your dreams and, and get something going. Right. You know, it's like, I think we've all lived that, but then to go from like layer to layer to layer, because, because everyone shares, it's accessible to understand the new guy on opening day, but following that story for a couple of years, that's all the more fun. And there's more content. There's more to the story. 
not just getting open on day one and then forget about it. It's sure. Like, no, man. No, there's so many more cool things that occur as you, you know, it's like the first time you sell a can of beer out of state. Yeah. First time you go to a festival out of your own town. It's like, yeah. dude, so, these are cool things. So all of this being said, and, and you know, how cool it is to grow. I mean, would you encourage someone to go into the business now? No way. No. <laughs> I just lied about all of that. I, right. I, no, definitely don't. I, would, I would never make a blanket statement like that, right? So, like, if some if somebody has the business background, if somebody has the financing, if they're a skilled brewer or if they have access to a skilled brewer. It depends on their model. Yeah, for sure. I, I would say never, like, never come to Arizona or, 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 or walk in and think you're going to be Four Peaks or Santan. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous, right? Um, that would be most likely a, a recipe for uh, disaster. But, uh, you know, if you've got all the right stuff, then yeah. But I, I think that you really need to do a, a self-reckoning with, you know, look in the mirror, be honest with yourself, uh, don't blow yourself up. What's a comfortable income for you? What's comfortable income? Uh, how much time away from your home is your wife going to tolerate uh, or significant other going to tolerate and uh, it's it's not easy and it's not it's not like brewing beer in the garage brewing beer in the garage is fun right. and everybody's drinking you're drinking you're drinking moonshine and you know you're, you're doing stupid shit all day on your day off it's not that it's running a business it's making people happy it's uh it's supporting I don't know how many people you got Dave I can only imagine how many people you got. I got we're 22 over, to 25 yeah, all the over, time. We're over 300. Okay. Uh, I, I'm responsible absolutely. for their livelihoods. It's, okay. So when that's somebody, that's how you have to think of it. When somebody puts a, maybe fair, maybe not fair, but my perception of a bullshit review on any kind of social media, that doesn't just affect me and BRI. Like that affects the people that work for me. So is it legit? Is it not legit? Um, I mean, your opinion is your opinion, but like I have to make sure that these people have their rent paid and they're getting back to school stuff for their kids and like all these things that weigh heavily on me. They're making you a commitment. You've got to commit yeah. to them. It's- so it's not just it's not just making beer in your garage, man. It's uh. Uh, there's a much higher level of responsibility and things that we have to do. So, yeah, I made the mistake of believing that by starting a brewery, I'd get to brew beer. <laughs> no, <laughs> and it I'm took like, you what 25 years to get I, to that yeah, point, right? God, I haven't put, I, I put made, boots on in like 12. I've years. made yeah. six batches of beer in the last five years, and then I've jumped in on every collaboration that we do. But I've like actually led the show on six brews. Nice. It's well, no, not nice. It's gross. <laughs> I like I like I opened a brewery so that I could make beer and take care of people, and I don't get to brew anymore. Yeah. Oh man, well that was that that was one of the that was one of the I don't know. It's funny now. I guess I get to look back because I could brew now when I want to get in there and and um, but it's so varied the responsibilities. It's so many un. There's sort of unlit corners, you know, that's like you discover, especially when you're responsible for the business. And you go, okay, well, God, this is going to be great. We're going to get our license and we're just going to be brewing all the time. And next year, like, all right, well, there's actually 500 other things that no one else is willing to do right now. So mm-hmm. I guess, okay, all right, you brew today. I'll do this stuff. other, <laughs> And yeah. then we'll switch next week. And then that 
no. week never comes. We but. tried that early, and then we <laughs> then we figured out early on we need to departmentalize. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you yeah. do the front of the house, you do the back of the house. Just two yeah. people, and yeah. you're like, we got to compartmentalize. <laughs> yeah. So like when Greg and I started, man, we we honestly we we thought, okay, hey, you're in charge of brewing, I'm in charge of operations, but we'll tag team on the brews and bounce back and forth. Like I want to keep my hands in it. I always want I always want my hands sticky, right? And then it just became apparent very quickly that that just wasn't going to work. And it can. And it should. Yeah. Everybody should be specialized to an extent. Yeah. I think everyone should be happy I'm not in the brewery anymore. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have 40 guys that are way better brewers than I ever was. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think, if everybody's doing, I think if everybody's doing what they're best at, everything is going to rise, right? Yeah. And so, like, and don't get me wrong, like, I still want to brew. And when we do collaborations, I, I jump in there and I'll jump on that mash tun and I'll, I'll mash in and I'll knock out and I'll take counts. And, and it's, it's fun um, that, honestly, now that I've seen the whole thing in action for a few years, it's not what I want to be doing every day. Yeah. Um, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's physical that, grind. That is, that is hard work yeah. that goes for the most part very unappreciated the guys and girls that work for me are they work their butts off yes they there's do there's no question about it yeah Love that, it though, so bro. you mentioned that how, how many so how old is bri now we're coming up on five so five. we'll be uh five in november oh congratulations yeah still 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 just babies yeah just babies <laughs> but in the industry you're a veteran i mean yeah, five in, years in, is a, in arizona sure. yeah for yeah. sure well i mean nationwide is as well i think we were at 32 32 to 34 when we opened um so that's a i mean you know we we recognize that you know yeah you should yeah. So w- it's was, an accomplishment. there was a big report that just came out recently right they were looking at um the national news saying if all the breweries in planning open this next year it's going to go over what nine thousand nationally yeah. it's wild wow it's wild yeah wild. so i don't feel like i saw that number and that felt like a really big number when i saw the news but just thinking about this i don't feel like i've seen a reflection of that national news here i mean i'm aware of a couple of new brands that have opened in the last but not 10 not you know not not jumping by 20 percent well i mean i can, yeah. I can count 10 in in this year yeah definitely 10 yeah. new ones yeah, yeah. oh sure. wow yeah. for sure yeah gosh i've had my head under a rock no, no but that's just, the point is you haven't you, you, i think you're so inundated you, with your daily influx of you know instagram and, and yeah, I filtered it all out. <laughs> you, yeah, right? you might, this, you might at, at this point, literally, like, how can how can you keep up with it all? You can't. I know it's, it's moving I, really fast. I remember the times that I hate starting sentences that way. I remember. <laughs> I remember a time when I knew I knew every brewer in state. Uh, yeah, and yeah. now I don't. I don't. May I might know a, a third of them. Well, you don't know everybody yeah. in Phoenix, right? I, exactly. That's yeah, crazy. I, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so let me ask you guys. This is this is a little bit of a, a different direction, and I don't I don't think it would apply to you as much because your beer is distributed like at a high quality level across the big area, right? right. But wh- what are your guys' thoughts? Because I've heard both sides of it. Um, people say they love it. People say they hate it. Beer traders, right? So you get you see a BRI can in Connecticut. Someone's taking a picture of it. My buddy sent me a BRI can or a shop can. Some people are like, dude, I do not want my beer going through the heat and the cold. So, and uh, You know, so it's, I'm, I've always I, been interested to see it's people. It's a double-edged sword, man. Sure. I love yeah. that other people are marketing for us. I love getting that exposure. I love not being the distributor for that. Uh, all those things are amazing. Uh, and as long as it's 
in a 30-day window, I'm super stoked. If it's outside of that 30-day window and I see somebody uh, cracking a can on Instagram, it just it makes my fucking skin crawl. Yeah, right. it, it, like it, yeah. it worries me. And yeah. I usually comment back like, oh, that's an old can. Yeah. You know, and like I'll call it out. Uh, and usually it's, it's high praise and we get good feedback, but it's like, wow, that that would have been awesome if it was fresh. Yeah, <laughs> come out there, so we got a fresh it, one for Yeah, you. outside of that 30-day window, I get I get weird about it. But inside of that, um, I think it's the exposure school. Uh, I don't love the culture that's around that. Meaning I can talk, the, I can talk more about that. Okay. Oh, just, oh, <laughs> yeah. just that every. I, I've always been a fan, and I've always said that the, my favorite beer is the one that's in my hand, right? Okay. And I know it's cliche, and I know it's it's tired, um, but like I just like beer's the working man's beverage, man, and uh, it's always been that that little reward at the end of the day. It's that thing to meet around sociably. It's it's a really powerful tool, and so I see a lot of people now shifting their their energy on it that they're they're buying, trading, hoarding, muling. Um, because it gives them some relevance in the industry that they haven't ponied up into, which is a whole other thing. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. Uh, they're creating relevance for themselves and their brand off of our backs, mm-hmm. and that gets a little tiresome to watch sometimes. Yeah. Um, just enjoy beer. It's delicious. Um, most of it is. Yeah. Uh, so just enjoy it. And these ones that it and trade it and uh, get really really crazy about it it's it's kind of weird man it's maybe a little there's there's a little <laughs> psychology thing going on there with people I think yeah but yeah. see to the culture point I actually think um, I've got a different vantage point on it you know it's like I, I really like the um, I like observing I like being okay so one of the biggest thrills for me right is being like the knowledge that you put a ton of energy into creating something. And I mean the holistic package. I mean like the recipe you worked really hard on, the thing that you enjoyed and you assessed sensory and you go out and you drink with your buddies and you're like, I want to try to do my own take, you know? And there's a bit of an art that goes into that, you know? And so it's like, I'll sit down and I'll do my homework, do my reading, do go out and drink a bunch of things, take my notes and then write a recipe, you know? So then to get up there and brew it, see it produced, to, to, to work on the artwork. So I do like 99% of all the digital artwork and everything so I got an art background and so I f- was a complete failure as an artist yeah. and so now I get to trick people into buying my art because it's on a can so you guys so I, I got you suckers <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah because I couldn't sell paintings so now I sell beer cans but um, so um, for me when I see the can and it's filled with a product that you uh, and we all work as, at our place we, we work do a lot of our stuff as a, as a round table so like I mean, I certainly can't take credit for it. We all deserve the credit for all of it, but, um, but I also do the supply chain stuff. So, um, for me, the big milestone moment is when I get to physically put a full can in my hand and it's got graphics on it and it's got, it's the whole package is there. That's symbolic of like a lot of work. Sure. And it's that, that's for me a personal moment, you know? And so that's all I see when it goes out into the world is like when, when you launch something and people show up and they want to share it with you. And, and then th- it becomes part of their world because I think people are rad and innovative and creative and I don't understand most of the time how other people think because I only know how I think. But 
all I know is that I'm like, you accepted this thing that didn't exist a moment ago, and now it does. It's in physical form. You've just welcomed it into your world that I don't get, and yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that in a, in a variety of ways. But people take it home. They share it. They trade it. They they eat it right. They, they drink it right there. They want to take pictures. They want to, sh- you know, it's like to participate in in the world in that way to me is a terrific honor because yeah. I don't know and nor, and nor can I control or whatever how things go and I have my opinions about this my per- like personal opinions yeah. but my hope is that if someone's enjoying it then, then, then I'm participating like I did my bit you know? sure sure and uh, so I love seeing that play out I, to me it's a trip I mean that's like you know there was one, one of my one of my favorites was um, we, we'd done a project that was a real a real painstaking passion project two years ago is uh, we did a barrel-aged double um, doubled mash brown. So we did a barrel-aged dark adrenaline. And uh, it was it was the culmination of a lot of stressful stuff that was going on in the development on the brewery on the business side. And it was like, it really felt for me like it was a project born out of pain. Right. <laughs> and the beer, I love the beer. It's one of my favorite dark beers we've ever done. Is it the black um, with, the, with the blue? There was the blue on the label as well? Um, it kind of had a swirled blue like uh, yeah. underwater thing with a bunch of spikes and a big yeah. black drip right in the center. Yeah. <laughs> and all of those things, all of that graphic, all of that artwork was really symbolic of being drowned. Like yeah. all that artwork came from like I'm drowning and laying on spikes and I'm bleeding black blood. Yeah. Like that's the image if you really look at it. Yeah. Whoa. And yeah, I know. That's how Shit. stressful Whoa. and painful <laughs> that time was because yeah. there were so many things going wrong but then also there was this redemption that like ultimately you kind of knew that you were going to or you believed wholeheartedly that things were going to get better on the business side but we were loving what we were doing to a degree that like I can't stop but I'm born in it but it's completely painful um so anyway but that that's really was, interesting that that was that like the, everything about that the package the liquid everything was like yeah not that and, symbolism of only our team would know that necessarily to this day um uh, whichever. Dave's trying to use sign there language to order a beer. <laughs> Dealer's choice. Yeah. I would but, have tried uh, that Oktoberfest for sure. October yeah. No, you just have oh, I'll try the uh, Zirkle. Yeah. Zirkle. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so the point of that whole thing is the real trip of it was that was a very stressful project and a fun beer, one I really personally enjoyed. And yeah. the barrel aged version was a knockout. But then it got traded. And uh, it made it all the way to a bottle share in the head offices at Untapped. And, really? Uh, yeah. Wow, and so, yeah. Uh, so the head crew over there took a selfie with the bottle and then wrote a review about it. Nice. And you're like... That's huge. That yeah. was just like a... It was such a surreal, trippy moment to see the internet produce a picture of the thing across the country with a group of friends just enjoying it, you know? just sure. just enjoying it enough to take a picture you know because it's so you know it's a bizarre thing yeah. but for, it was a piece of artwork that was for me really impactful but to see that other people that are knowledgeable are enjoying it too um, felt like an honor you know I mean it felt yeah. like a real reward and um, man it's like if I got nothing else out of the business other than moments like that oh dude I, I'm like that's why I love my job so much you yeah know? It's like, Dave, I, Dave I agree with you 100% and that's kind of why I put that like 30 day mark in there when we see our brand around the country, around the world, it's amazingly flattering, right? And so, but our concern as as small brewers, um, it I, you guys aren't pasteurizing your product, correct? No, 
I'm not either, right? So when we see when I see something that's like three months old, an IPA that's three months old, that I just I what it doesn't make my skin crawl in that it's being posted or that we're getting the love or the accolades or anything like that. I want that person to enjoy it. And I don't want them drinking a three month old IPA and thinking that's reflective of us yeah. or of Arizona. And yep. so that's kind of what's scary to me. That that's that's where my concern is because like these guys will they'll they'll hoard down in their in their little cellars at home and then all of a sudden they'll start trading later. Yeah. But that's what you're and talking then, about. Oh, it's so scary. Quality control. But that's what you're talking about. Not quality control, but you I I the sense I was getting from you and you're kind of doing the crazy symbol. <laughs> was was what sort of fans have the has the industry begot right it's when you're so hyper focused on the simplest beverage in the world is there something lacking from your life maybe i don't know I, and we've talked about it before like yeah. we're spear blog and those guys like that yeah that I, I still don't think the people that comment on on his pictures realize what he's doing. Yeah, he's actually kind of trolling the trolls, and yeah, and, yeah. And oh, yeah. people keep commenting on it's. He must be have the greatest time of his life. <laughs> he's oh. having a good time. Just put a Showing picture his out wife, there, like, you believe, and like, watch people again. just. I didn't, their hair I didn't get yeah. him at first. No, yeah, I didn't I, get it. To be honest first. with you, I didn't. But I now like, I do. Why is this guy just... shitting on the entire industry? But it's, yeah. I think it's just He's personal not. pleasure for him yeah. to just watch people turn into pretzels over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the stuff on there is is entertainment for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But once you get it, once you that, get what he's doing, I, I can't help but wonder if the the weird commentary on there or is she, all, I don't is even all, know who it is, is all yeah. genuine. Some of the snowflake activity that exists on there, I just can't help believe that that's all real. Like, it's got to be. It has to be. I don't know. You mean I'm, like, one those, I'm one of those yeah. cynics that's like, I have to go to sleep every night knowing so bizarre, that's real. It's like to, people yeah. with fake accounts doing fake. I, want I, I don't know. I don't yeah. have the time to go and research <laughs> right. it, but I really want to. I want someone else to have the time to research that and validate if all that craziness is all legit. We need to start a, a whole team of people investigating that. reporters. <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah. Again, Schadenfreude, I get the sort of sick pleasure out of the sub, sub, subculture of brewing it's so <laughs> it's awesome that it exists though because yeah, no, no question if it weren't for the strata in the whole thing it's um, wild, i don't man. know that we would have the same luxuries that we have i mean the fact that you get to uh to navigate that kind of traffic it just speaks to the depth with which it's permeated like all of the strata of um of culture you so, know what yeah. i mean like yeah you, so so here's here's uh uh, a couple guys here in the East Valley that make beer on a, on a relatively small scale. And then, and so we get this exposure, this organic exposure, which is, you know, for the most part, amazing. Now, you're old guard here in Arizona, and you've been doing it for a while. And you started here in Tempe, and you grew your brand. Now you guys are pseudo nationwide. And I'm sure there's a lot of social media that comes with that from people yeah, in sure. new states and things like that. So I think it's it's different for me is if I want interesting if I want to get down. my beer in those people's hands, I have to send it to them. Okay, like deliver it, hand delivered. Andy will hand deliver you. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. like you <laughs> heard it here, folks. He'll hand deliver when <laughs> he's a postman driver. Yeah. When, yeah. when people are drinking hot, the viewpoints of the other members on this panel are not those of four people. <laughs> When, when somebody's drinking Kiltlifter or Hop Knot in a state in the Midwest, and they put that on social media in any way, shape, or form, you're stoked. Charming. Right? Just stoked. Yeah, it's you charming. You get 
you get giddy, even after all these years. Yeah. There's no question. It's, it's great. How can that ever get old? You can't. Someone's enjoying well, something you made. That's, that's the one thing everyone wants. Everyone wants strokes, right? Yeah. Everyone wants that. So how long have you been making Kill Lifter? Over 20 years. Okay. And it's a new beer to somebody. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. rad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a, it's not your typical beer these days, for sure. It's, That's true. Yeah. No, I I'll be honest, you're not gonna like this. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that it holds up in the marketplace the way it does with current trends. No, you're right. That's I, true. I, yeah, I I don't dislike that. I'm I'm baffled by it the way you are. But I think what what Kitlifter has is it has that. It's got the gravitas, right? It's got the, the weight, the length, the. It, it, it's. I hate to be so arrogant to call it Arizona's beer. It's not, but it's definitely been a I staple. Think it actually it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think no. it's been a we'll, staple. We'll for you. you can't say that, but we can. Say that. Yeah. yeah. And that whole lemonade thing pissed me off. That <laughs> yeah. should be for Kill Lifter. Anyway. Fucking kids. Yeah. Damn yeah. It. <laughs> I wish I could have written that letter. Um, but yeah, no, but still being that beer and, and, and having it get out there. But I think. I guess my point was that it's so in, entrenched in, in Arizona beer drinking culture that I, even a new generation is finding it. My daughter's 21 and, and, and her friends are drinking it, which is shocking. And I mean, in between Trulies and White Claws, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's got to be kind of a trip, though. Very much To so. see it be a generational that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. okay, so you made the, the comment. It's like, I think it's a fair point to say a, what, a Scottish red ale yeah, six percent. The top selling beer in the state. It's like it's got like three pellets it, of hops in it. Has, <laughs> hasn't it always been kind of in that role where it's like, I mean, who else can say a Scottish red is a dominant beer in a state anywhere? Like, even I Scotland. Even I think Scotland. That that's actually to its credit. <laughs> yeah. It's not a. Um, I think that's Odell, an anomaly. It should be. A I think when Odell started, their ninety shilling was yeah. was up there. Oh, and even Fat Tire. You know, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I worked at Steamboat Springs as a as a goggle salesman for. <laughs> for a season, I always when thought, I was thought of you as a goggle was that salesman. On your name tag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I sold goggles and chapstick to goggle salesman. Uh, oh, my lips are really chapped. But Gosh. I worked at the Main Lodge at Steamboat Springs when I was when I was young, and and um, it was just an unbelievable experience. And Fat Tire back then was the beer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was that. Mm-hmm. That it was my was, craft gateway, boys. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was my Fat beer. Fat Tire, loved it. Dude, yeah. Such a fun beer. I. I I can't drink so it much anymore, so that, but it was so much so, so that amazing. One of the nights we were first opening, probably that first week, the most bizarre thing that happened. We're out on the patio, kind of self-congratulatory, you know, late night, having a kilt lifter. And these two just hammered dudes walked down the street. It's when the gate was in front, in front of the porch. And they had a spare tire and <laughs> ran up to the front of it and threw it in the gate. And one kid fell over. He was so hammered. And they said, fat tire rules. And then they, like, ran <laughs> off into the night. That's awesome. I'm like... <laughs> We must keep this tire forever. Yeah. Yeah. Where is that tire? No, that thing got long gone. (laughs) And he's like, fuck that Andy, take out the trash that you brought in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The weirdest thing. Uh, I'm like, but that's how big. Well, there was an era there, right? That was thought out. That was thought out on those guys, like on their part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. So think about just like like. So everything now has a weird brand name, right? Like everything has to have a attention-getting brand name for each individual beer. Fat tire was like at the forefront oh, yeah. of that because everybody's like flat tire fat tire. what's a fat tire like it it, it created conversation but there were two they models got, then there they was to tell their story it there was, was amazing the, there was the new new belgian model which most people didn't know new belgian made fat tire so you had this funky cool name associated with brewery and then you have sierra nevada where every brand was a style pale ale porter yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it was like those two dichotomies of what the way to go. And I don't know, did, did New Belgium win? I maybe they did because everyone's got. You have to have a because they had that catchy name instead yeah. of just the naming the. I don't know the that anybody the, won yeah. on that. What I, I guess what my point is is that I think that started everybody doing the hey. Let's one up the next guy on the crazy beer names. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. game still goes on. You know, we, and, I've got a beer called oh, yeah. Top Secret Battle Monkey. Yeah, that's fucking retarded. <laughs> that's one of the it's best beers. It's one of the best beer. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah. but it's an attention getter that people don't forget, right? And uh, I think Fat Tire like really did that, where everybody else, Sierra Nevada included, was very stylistic in their beer sure. naming. Um, it was parent brand name style. So right. we started out doing the the Sierra Nevada model. Kitlifter was called Four Peaks Scottish Amber. Yeah, I remember you telling it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a huge. It's gonna be a huge show. Yeah. Watch this thing. So then we figured out the Kitlifter name, and from then on, it's been we've been kind of a blend. This is a great name. Yeah, yeah, kind of a blend of funky name and style. Because like yeah. you make a weird beer, like a I don't know, like a green tea lager. It's hard to give it another name. Although we've done that. Yeah. Um, Zerical's a great name. Yeah, but nobody knows what that means and, until you explain until it to me. Until you're forced to tell the story. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think and, as long as there's a story behind it, as long as there's like some conversation behind it, then then it's all you know, it's all relevant, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, I think fat tires I, I think they're the one in my memory in my beer memory, they're the ones that did that. So for me back then, it was like that microcosm, you know, like those kind of pivotal moments where you're getting experience to something. It's attached to some good times you're having with fun people. You're having a good experience. And then it was just this, it was, it was readily available at every outlet. It was just dominated up in Colorado or, at, you know, where I was working. Oh, and, God, I can't imagine. And Everywhere. it was literally at every outlet. And, and so its dominance at that time, actually, I didn't even consider it as craft beer. That wasn't like a household term yet. It was kind of like oh, well, there's just, these are my choices and that's my most favorite of those choices. And so it becomes, it, it's very um, uh, holistic and organic and it's, and it's, you know, as it props up in your behaviors, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, oh, it's just there. And, and actually I had the same experience about pizza port. You know, I was like, I lived in Southern California much year, many years later and, and uh, for many years. And it was the same thing with pizza port. It was like, that was that place where you would go and it was a little bit uncomfortable, but I always had good grub and and, and the beer was always different and rotating, and yeah. but it was like Shark Bite Red. It was like, I went what? in there for that beer, and apparently it was like, I'm the guy who drank all that red. red. <laughs> I, think, I think I drank all of it. Yeah. They owe you uh, a thank you letter. I, yeah. I love everything about their concept. Every, there's, oh, it's yeah. perfect. Do no, you, it's perfect. I don't, I don't I love, love counter it. service. I love it. Really? I don't. <laughs> I'll I, I tell you why I love it. I love it because everybody, it, it just works, and everybody figures it out, and they keep their overhead low. And they've, they've from a business trained, standpoint, yeah, I get it. They've trained from an experiential people. thing, though. I, it doesn't, especially if you go to the the pizza port that I go to in Carlsbad hmm. in July. Hmm. It's forty people deep at each line. One so for everyone food. agrees in line to get awesome. Food. Yeah. yeah, sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like you're standing in line to buy a, a specialty. I know. Yeah. The, I know the secret to get around the line. I won't say it out loud ever, but I know it. But the but for me as an experiential as a customer, it's not that fun. I'm waiting in line. I get a beer. Then my pizza comes. Then I got to go get another think, beer. And I look so, at this line. I got to go stand in again. And right, my so, pizza's cold. So check it out. So, so you can go. Yeah, buy a pitcher, right? Even a so, pitcher. Like every, <laughs> hey, every time I, I walk. pitchers. Yeah. Every, every time I walk into Pizza Port, there's always Pliny on or Blind Pig. It, it's just, it, it, it's just really good. But so, so just follow your mode of thought there for a minute and then apply it to Disneyland. Right. Okay. So. 
it, when You're I, when assuming I, I like Disneyland, too. No, I don't like Disneyland either. <laughs> and he but, hates everything now. The, 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 or, okay, Get Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain. He hates everything. <laughs> so well, just check it. So like when you go into a, a, a place, you have to think about what it is before you go in. First time, different story. But if you keep choosing to go back there and you know that that's their, their, their M.O., then you're okay with it. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep going back, right? Vince, if I go to and, Disneyland, Vince and Gina I and I are, were great friends. And, th- and three hours in line to get on, you know, it's a small world. I've, like, it just and I've told them before I don't like the, the walk-up model, and I've told got countless people that I don't like the I love walk-up it. model. We were, I don't think it's an experiential thing for the, for the, for the customer. We were, I, I really we were two weeks away from literally doing that Pete's Poor model in Mesa, and I got spooked at the last minute because of you. Right and and everybody that thinks the same way and I was like can't do it full service let's go hire more people. I was there's I can two think weeks of, away from I can it. think of one place I could probably think of several if I had the chance but I can think of one place off the top of my head that does counter service really well. It's a place in Austin called Pints Pints Pizza, mm-hmm. and I they figured it out they figured out how to have multiple lines for beer and food so they're all about three or four people deep even at their at their busiest time. What they do differently, though, is when you sit down, instead of having to go back to a beer line, they'll have a beer server that can come around. Once you're seated. Once you're seated. They'll run. Yeah. That's all. So that first one is. The first one? Yeah, yeah. Go get yourself, and then yeah. you sit down. And at least that was the experience I had. Yeah. When it's I like, hey, there. do you want to open the tab or close it? And if it's exactly. open, they'll yeah. run pizza. Yeah. That's solid. And on top of that, they had great beer and pizza. So yeah. I'll go back, and I'll, and I'll suffer a few lines. But yeah. I, should I go back to Pizza Port all the time? That's right. <laughs> That's I'll, I'll never go to much. San Diego <laughs> yeah. and not go to Pizza. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's guaranteed. Yeah. guaranteed. It's guaranteed to go at least it's once. It's my favorite place. Ocean Beach. Carlsbad's pretty dope, too. Well, you come to Ocean come Beach. In, last week in July, you meet me in Carlsbad, and we'll stand in line together. And you tell me how awesome <laughs> We'll stand in line together. Actually, you won't stand That's in line. I prefer to stand in line in San Clemente. <laughs> That's my personal place. Well, Andy knows where to get around the line, That's, so you won't I have do, to I stand, like in line, so. line, no stand in line. My favorite line to stand in is <laughs> in San Clemente. <laughs> I've learned the trick. If Andy's out there, we're going to stand in line together with the girls, man. It's fine. Sure. All right, everybody I'm go down. to California. I know you're lying about this, because we were standing in line randomly outside of Green Flash at random yeah. like yeah, many yeah, many yeah. years ago I was out on Remember vacation that. and we're waiting for it to open and, we, and I come out of the parking lot I, I know that I'm early you know it's like we're 40 minutes before they even tap room but we were driving and we were picking up stuff and whatever we pull in a parking lot and I'm thinking dude we're gonna be like way early for this thing they had some beers coming out and you know there's a cluster of cars people milling around like Basically, people, just killing people time. People smoking blunts in the parking lot. <laughs> like, we're just like, dude, let's just go up and like see what's up. You know, like we're, you know, let's, let's socialize. Sure. Exp- you know, participate in the social experiment yeah. of standing in line. <laughs> yeah. And we literally walk up, and Andy and I think some family or something. My dad, was, my brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's like totally random that we were there, and I'm like, yeah. oh, this is the strangest place to run into you, like yeah. <laughs> in the parking lot of Green Flash. And then yeah. we were not smoking blunts. <laughs> <laughs> Sure you are. At the time, at, at the moment, at the yeah. moment. All right, so let's – final kind of thing for this State of the Union is in, in with with you being, you know, having a much bigger footprint, um, I'm sure you get all the time, oh, shit, I didn't know they made beer in Arizona or, like, what is Arizona beer, right? Do you get that? No, actually. Is that for- <laughs> No, no it's just I, me. they don't well, have any water there. How yeah. do they make beer? Well, what exactly. is Arizona? So I guess yeah. my question is, what is Arizona beer? Like, how do you how do you talk to people about like what is Arizona beer? Like, what defines Arizona beer? I think, and whether this is our influence or not, 
I do think that Arizona breweries, for the most part, make a very high-quality product. A lot of them do. I don't think there's as many fly-by-night kind of weirdos that are out there in other states. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of conscientious business people, two of them are sitting on either side of me right now, um, that understand that you weird is great, but weird doesn't pay the bills. And okay. ultimately, it's a business. Yeah. Um, I, I do think overall, Arizona craft brewing is, a, is a, in my opinion, a quality-driven thing. Um, there are still people that chase trends, and, and absolutely, go do that. But if you hang your hat on that, I think it's going to be a difficult road for you. Um, and I can't really come to think of anybody that's doing that right now in this state, which is, a, which is great. So you think, it, like, so with Arizona, like, people make a wide range of... I do. Of beers, not just hanging their hat on, like, yeah. I do. I yeah. mean, and, and maybe that's that kit lifter influence that there's this really freaking weird flagship that sells up 60,000 barrels worth of beer yeah. that can open somebody else's eyes. Dave's just shaking his head like 60,000. Such a big no- I, I mean, it's, <laughs> impre- it's really impressive. It's nuts, right? Yeah, it's it really impressive. It's nuts to us. But, yeah. it's, but maybe that can open some eyes up to, one, hey, one I don't. Brand. One not, brand. Not the entire brewery. No, just one brand. One brand. Yeah. It's nuts. But open some eyes to say that, hey, it, it doesn't have to be all hazy and juicy. You can sure. you can venture out and do some other really cool shit. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. That's a good point that, that and we talked about it just a minute ago, is that of that, that Arizona beer being something that is not a, a normal, regular beer, right? It, is, it, it, it kind of defines... This 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 community here in Arizona. It's I think. an unbelievable stat, and, it, yeah. and if you're not entrenched in the numbers, like on a regular basis, just to put that in perspective, is like in our own tap room, we've done some red ales, some ambers, some different things. Like by the numbers, when we serve it at our own tap room, it it, it, it it's in our bottom sort of ten percent in terms of pace of sale. Yeah, um, it's as a style, and I don't mean that beer specifically. I mean like just that category right okay yeah so when you think about that number that means that 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 style statewide sells more just that recipe than every other brewery in the state of arizona combined their total production of all the breweries aren't even as much as that one beer so what you're saying so is the all the other of beer that, that is style, made in arizona well that's why i think it's like it's it's, yeah. a, it's an anomaly stat to its credit yeah. Which is, it's such a um, an inherent part of the local kind of beer scene yeah. that it trumps literally every other brewery combined. That's, that's how That's how awesome that is. Yeah. And it's like, that's one of the styles I drank when I was in school. I mean, it's like it's, one of the beers that got me into beer. It's Colorado's and Fat Tire. Totally. It's San Diego's it's like Stone I, IPA. When I hear those yeah. numbers, yeah. I'm just like, I'm so unbelievably impressed by... Um, it's 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 not even acceptance. It's like it's 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 absorbed as part of the fabric of Arizona. You know, I mean? it, like, well, you know what it is 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 it just it, it crosses a lot of lines, right? Uh, craft beer drinker is going to really be able to drink that and appreciate it. Novice craft beer drinker is going to be able to use it as a gateway. Person that likes Bud Miller or Coors is going to be able to drink it sociably with other people. It just covers a lot of ground. So that was one of our one of the early things, kind of guerrilla marketing wise. So when people came into the, the pub and Kiltlifter was on this many, many, two decades ago, and they asked for a Bud Light, what do you have that's like Bud Light? And the last thing we're going to hand them is a Kolsch or a Golden Lager because they've already got this. Of water. They have had this, they have this preconceived notion of what they want to taste, right? So we instructed every bartender and server to give them a Kiltlifter. Zig and they Zag. Different. 
completely yeah. different. But yeah. it's so approachable and so drinkable, you're not going to turn off a Bud Light drinker on it. But there's also, at the time, there was this cachet of, of holding a dark beer in your hand that kind of made you look cool. Now, a lot of people are listening to this probably laughing their asses off going, what? But, but that was a thing. It was yeah, actually a thing. Definitely a thing. Yeah. Dude, craft beer used to be synonymous with dark beer. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Color, color meant craft. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. think, think about the... All right. I'm going to say it. Think about the atrocity that was Arrogant Bastard, right? Let's just say that. Okay? <laughs> that beer is not great, but it banged a lot of drums and it got a lot of attention and it was dark and it was flavor let's call it flavorful is it technically a belgian is bitter a flavor is it's it a flavor <laughs> what, what, what's the category but in that beer it's more like I, a friend is like it's like a it's like a uh it's a, an overhot my neck amber. cramping is it yeah it's just it's just this monster it's robust, of, yeah. of uh hot bitterness and crystal malts that i've never loved and but here's the thing. At that point in time, that thing was shock value, man. And it got a lot of people's attention. And people loved it, even though they didn't love it. Which well, is great about that too. beer, too. Because and, 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 I remember we started. They loved it because other people didn't. Stone and I, Stone and Four Peaks started at the same time. But within yeah. a year of each other. And when they started out, they made a pale ale and they made a porter. Yeah. And they made all the kind of things that everyone made. And then they had this one anomaly that they probably expected to go nowhere. It did not. It went everywhere. And then yeah. God bless them, they literally tied themselves to a rocket ship on that beer. Um, I think what you're getting at is I, it, it totally changed the scope of craft brewing. That beer did. 100%. Yeah. It was but largely how, undrinkable. What's it's funny is I literally was wearing was that beer. I was wearing it's an arrogant not, bastard t-shirt. It's so rowdy. Yesterday. So back to the label. I don't the know what beer it is. It says, <laughs> you, you won't like this beer, it's right? It's not Doesn't important, Doesn't say that? You won't like this beer. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Well, you're not I, worthy. I know. Yeah, I'm not worthy. And I drank the shit out of it, by the way. Um, but it just wasn't... Uh, Gutted it out. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Back to what is Arizona beer to you, right? So I think we... I think a good definition at this point is kilt lifter is Arizona beer, right? Oh, I don't know about is that. that. The definition? <laughs> I don't. I disagree with that. If you're playing the numbers, I don't know how you can refute that. That's well, exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't well, say like, that kilt lifter is Arizona what makes beer. Different. I it's, guess that's kind of what I'm like. What it's it, Arizona's what flagship beer unique. for sure. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So what I see Arizona beer as is, uh, I do see innovation. I see a lot of people that follow trends and and go down those roads. And make uh, superior products. Uh, I see people getting back to uh, some OG traditional styles. I see a, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, pilsners and lagers. Uh, lagers are coming up. Uh, I think that's fun to watch. Uh, I think we've got an amazing IPA scene here uh, in Arizona. You got a couple uh, of us breweries that are dabbling in Belgians that are doing well. So I think it's a it's a really really broad cloth. Uh, I. I think Arizona, uh, the the, what is Arizona brewing? I, I think it's rad. I, I think there's a lot of good shit out there. Yeah. Well, that I, goes off of like what you were saying too. Is like everybody, there, there's not people hanging their hat on one particular style. It no, is people and I like, like that. Yeah. yeah like it's, like di- yeah. it's diverse. Yep. Let's call it that. For sure. There's a lot of things going on out there. What I hope everybody focuses on moving forward is, I mean, follow the trends because yeah, hey, trends bring revenue into your company. It's what the consumers want. 
you know your flagships pay the bills. Um, so focus on those, and, and, and quality is the key. Uh, all these new breweries that are opening, just make sure you got good QC control. One of the one of the best things that's ever happened to us is that we realize a, a, a problem with our, and I don't want to inundate you, um, Andy, but uh, we realized a, a problem in our process, and it was a systematic pro, uh, problem, and we we didn't know where else to go. Uh, we knew that. Uh, QC like Ground Zero was here, so we brought a beer over to Andy uh, and his team, and they analyzed it for us, and they told us what was going on with it and and why it was wrong, uh, the the little missteps that the 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 problems that were present in it, and then we were able to track that back to where our missteps were, and I think that's key, man. Like we've got a great uh, resource team here not only in Four Peaks, but just in everybody else that's experienced the growth and the trials and tribulations. Uh, I, I can guarantee you that if you've opened a new brewery in the last year or if you're getting ready to open one, there's somebody that's experienced what you're experiencing <laughs> yeah, now or getting ready to. Um, and just use your resources because they're out there. And uh, Andy and his team stepped up huge for us and did some QC analysis for us and uh, it's improved everything we've done Good. since I'm here. So yeah. it's huge. Well, that's a big Quality. thing we talked about on on our your episode was like that open door that you have is. That, like, well, what we talked about is how shocked that that, that Roper and I are that people don't use yeah, us enough. Yeah, I'm like not that I'm the genius, but I sure. But I got I got some pretty fucking cool toys. Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And all you gotta do is ask, and it's completely confidential. I would never ever tell a microphone that somebody has sure. come to me and asked for help that's yeah. on you it's between us yeah yeah i got i got no problem bringing it out man we uh in 2018 we dumped a lot of beer really? uh we and, and so just did we, to be honest with you open uh we we jumped from our five barrel system uh in our original brewery up to the seven barrel system and our new fermentation farm and the whole thing and kind of changed a lot of the things that that we did and uh we maybe dropped a step or two in process along the way, unintentionally, of course. It's growth. Yeah, we had some struggles, and when we when we hit that when we hit the wall on trying to problem solve within our own house, we brought it over here. Yeah, happy we to found, help. We found the answers, and happy to help. Uh, they not only did they analyze it, but they helped guide us in the right direction. Like, here's what you guys. Here's what's going on. Here's what. Here's the corrections you, you can Huge. make. And, and yeah. why we Huge. do that and why you guys will someday do that too is that if we can all have a, a, a higher baseline of quality, yeah. then we're going to attract more drinkers. Raises the whole ship, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. A, a bad brewery hurts all of us. For sure. Yeah. Dave, for you, like, to you, what is what makes Arizona beer what it is? Like, what makes it, what separates us from others? Okay, well, I mean, it's a really good question. Um, I hit it from a few different layers. So, I'm pretty big on the um, on the potential of Arizona, right? So, huge city, right? Sixth largest in the country. We've had traditionally um, uh, a small number of high volume producers, right? For whatever set of reasons. Sure. 
when compared to San Diego to Denver to whatever, like we just don't have the same number of large breweries in our state. Yeah. But, you know, you have a huge demand for the product. I mean, socially, culturally, just people you run into. You can go to San Diego and Denver and, you know, we have everything in common in terms of like, um, you know, it's not like flying to New York and it's just a different pace of life. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. We have everything in common, right? I mean, so, um, and so all I mean to say is that when you look at how many, um, how dominant beer culture is in say Denver as an example or San Diego County or, you know, all of Southern California as a, as an, all of, you know, California as as an area, places we both know well, you know, we vacation all the time. Um, we have everything in common. And so you think about, like, what's the potential for people here? Well, Phoenix is kind of amazing. And I mean all of Arizona when I say this. But we have a huge number of brands that distribute to us because we're a big market. Right? Okay. We have huge numbers of, uh, of people that are not only supporters, but, like, they're wonderful people that are showing up and experiencing it in their own way, like experiencing what we're, what we're, we're trying to make. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I don't feel like we've even seen the inklings of a, a, you know, a tipping point in terms of like what can be done here in terms of Phoenix or, or broader scope. I mean, and I, I don't mean to exclude any other areas specifically. It's like, I spent a huge amount of time in Flagstaff. I just love that city. Yeah. Um, and, and Tucson as well, but it's like, the, the, the whole of Arizona has just this just to me bursting with potential in terms of what kind of a beer town we can become because we got access to an unlimited amount of information huge variety of products so nobody cuts us any slack like mm-hmm. it's got to hold up or it doesn't survive and the internet continues to prove us that that's true meaning that like you have everybody from Great Lakes to amend- 21st Amendment all on shelves out here is that is that kind of is that what oh, you're referring to dude, like okay so there's no lack in quality in terms of just in from out of town distributed in here product yeah so we're compared to the greats sure you know yeah. as small craft producers yeah, you know if somebody like, wants great beer it's available it's gonna happen from yeah. somewhere yeah. so definitely I, I think like everywhere everyone wants to see their hometown team win so we have an opportunity to try to be a part of that um and i think they and, do they i think they do want to see us win Oh, and, and, well, and they prove it to us every day by showing yeah. up and drinking. You know, it's like you do an experimental such and such, and people are like, yeah, I'll have a pint of that. Yeah. You burn through the keg, and you get through with the whatever the batch, and you're like, I learned something. Yeah. I'm going to get you on the next one. Or you make your best version of whatever, and I hope to repeat it and push the envelope even further. Yeah. Um, so when I think about that, that's kind of the economic thing. I, I, I think that this is an area in the country where we have the most potential of anywhere. And I just mean that rad people huge like there's just a huge um there's a demand that's not being met by the local producers and then and then the more we try and the more we do and the better the quality gets the the, the greater chance we have of doing that yeah because uh, we're getting converts all the time you know people are like uh the fact that fries has a craft area let's right. say that's huge yeah I, I remember i remember i celebrated the milestone with as a little bit tongue-in-cheek but this is sincere kind of <laughs> chilies started with a craft lineup oh and, yeah and and before before we were selling beer we were having a hustle for accounts and we we're trying to tell people give us a rotating handle and give us a shot we won't let you down blah 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 and we used to say it almost as an anecdotal joke the day chili sells craft beer we're all going to be sold out <laughs> yeah. you know and not, yeah. not, not that it has anything to do with chilies sure but as a as a type of craft outlet you yeah. know as an example of Chili's a, was the metaphor it's an Applebee's it's a whatever yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, it's yep. like um, that's, I don't know it's, I hate to use them as like a, 
But it makes sense. The term. It's like yeah. they, they become hey. representative of a whole Dave, category. Dave, you're of, nailing it. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Anyway, when Chili starts selling craft beer, um, we're all going to be sold out. Yeah. And then they started selling craft beer, and it was like, wait, hang, hang on a damn minute. <laughs> we got some wait cakes. A we got some cakes, and we're like, this is this is surreal. I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, Our moment there was Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> we're like Walmart starts selling God, yeah. with Andy. Yeah, all of a sudden they're like, "We'll take sex pallets." I'm like, "You can have me." Yes, I'm good with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy that the world starts opening its arms to the kinds of products, and so yeah. there's that whole thing of bursting with potential. Um, but then even further than that, I think one of the bedrocks that I've experienced, um, and we, we've kind of touched on it a few times here today, but um it's that the community of people here started kind of slow it was like a slow explosion of you know i mean the last i know if we just if we just look at the last couple of years okay it looks like it's moving really really fast yeah but to andy's commentary about how he personally know knew every brewer in town and then yeah okay it's accelerated the last couple of years that doesn't mean those bonds have weakened it just means there's more friends that we're going to go out there and collect yeah but in terms of like a collection of people that see eye to eye who help each other out, who are friendly and copacetic, who are, we don't all see the world the same way. And that's n- not even close to what we would we even want. Yeah. But the fact that in my experience, I'm going to go ahead and say 99% of my interactions with other people that are into beer professionally in this state is just epic. I'm glad to know all these folks. Yeah. And so that, you know, it's like guys like Andy kind of help set the stage of like, Hey, when you need help, I'm, you just call me. Like when I've needed help, I've called him and he's helped me out like a thousand times. Yeah. Um, but it's like not only help me out, but then say, hey, you know what? Look, you can call me anytime, but when you meet the next guy, m- make sure he can call you too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that, that sort of plays out. And I, I can tell you that I have, I have been the recipient of help. I have helped other people. I have, I have made my commentary about, hey, so-and-so told me that I should tell you that, you know. And then I've heard... And people have thanked me by saying, hey, I helped so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Could, you know, and it's like the continuum continues to go. And it's like, how, I, how rad is that? It's just the best thing yeah. to be a part of in the yeah. whole damn world. I think yeah. another change, though, is not only within the industry, but the consumer, too. So, like, way back when we had to compete. Phoenix, Arizona is a huge transient society. No one's from here, right? Sure. At least yeah. it doesn't seem that way. Yeah. More and more, this generation has come up. They're from here, mm-hmm. and that's a completely different thing. They they have a lot Stay more pride. Huh? Yeah, they have a lot more pride in Arizona, not just in beer, but in everything that's made in Arizona. When we started there, that wasn't the case. It's like you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and we have X beer, or I'm from you know, Massachusetts, and we have we have X beer. Your beer's good, but it's not like my beer back home. Sure, oh, people yeah. are loyal. They're definitely loyal. Yeah. I think we're finally getting this first, or maybe even second generation of Arizona kids that were born here and raised here, and, and and get it, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking just beer. I'm talking everything from sports, yeah, and everything. The state 48 thing, yeah. right? The whole, yeah. Th- yeah. Look at the size of farmers markets. Now you couldn't open a farmers market 15 years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah people wouldn't give shit. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, it's super local. I want, I want things grown down the road. I want to know the farmer. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. That is. And that's yeah. a big change of yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good all the way around. I think it was really cool about all your guys' explanations of what Arizona beer is. It all focused around community. Like, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't, because I think there's some really cool things going on, you know, with, with like Sinagua Malt and Riba Farms making, you know, growing hops and things like that, which, which is, which is all awesome. And, you know, with, I don't, you guys do the desert, the DPA anymore? 
used to do the Desert Pale Ale. Uh, no, the, we, well, we, it used to be one of our steady rotation, and then yeah. now it's just on our. On was our, it Saguaro? Uh, was where it are they or, now uh, list? Prickly? <laughs> where are they now? Yeah, the H1 special. Uh, <laughs> was it? Uh, it was Prickly Pear, right? You guys use Prickly no, Pear? For no, no, that's uh, Goldwater. Or, uh, Goldwater does their uh, uh, agave. Pear. It was agave. Agave nectar. in that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know. I think when I when I think of Arizona beer, I, I tend to I think look at it too small of scale. So, but what you guys all said was that community, and I th- that's why I fell in love with what I do is because the people, like everybody, is helping each other, and it's just such a it's such an awesome community. So I Dude, thought it was cool. All three of you guys said pretty much the same thing. It's it's the community. I'll, I'll makes tell you. So my, like my background before this was all restaurant industry, my whole life, right? And uh, that was all very cutthroat, very competitive, uh, especially in the franchising segment of that. Uh, you don't want somebody else doing what you're doing within a mile of you. Uh, craft beer in just this whole brewing segment in in this community has really uh, just shined on me in that uh, we all get along for the most part. There's a couple dicks out there, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a couple dicks, but we all have uh, bad days. Yeah, yeah. For the, I mean, for the most part, like uh, we're all very like-minded, and we're all like uh, trying to achieve the same goals. And uh, it's it's very much a brotherhood, sisterhood, family type thing where we're helping each other out. And so, again, from that background of like, uh, like because if you fail, I fail. Competing. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So when I'm doing sandwiches or ice cream, dude, uh, I want the other guy to yeah, fail. 100%. Um, when we're doing craft beer, like I want everybody to rise up. Okay, but Is no that- one buys into a sandwich like they buy into beer. I don't know. You ever been to Chiba, homie? Come on. Ah, dude. Come on, Chiba. man. It's so good. So yeah. good. Yeah. What, was Chiba, that, yeah. what was the turkey melt one with avocado? Yeah. Let's go there Cali for the Rice Krispie Treats. I actually funny. made that sound. Yeah. I actually that put that on the list. It had like yeah. chunks of turkey on it and yeah, melted chunks cheese and, and avocado. Some jalapeno, some I might kiss mayo. you right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll make out afterwards. Don't worry about it. Uh, that, that's, uh, I made that sandwich for the, for the, uh, the spot I opened in in San Diego. Yeah, that was yeah. unbelievable. And I was like, it's Southern right. California Club, right? Getting a so, little wispy right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Start talking about turkey. I know. <laughs> I was thinking, what is so, it, the White Widow? That was that's yeah. my oh, favorite, so the good. chicken with the orange sauce. Yeah. I'm going to start my own blog about sandwiches. Then. <laughs> so, like, We're a sandwich like, blog. But, like, but here's the thing. <laughs> like in every other industry, it's highly competitive. And in this one, it's very collaborative. Yeah. And especially in this community, I think that, like, even, like, you know, we collaborate with people up in, in Flagstaff and down in Tucson. And um, there's just a great network in, in this brotherhood and sisterhood of craft brewer here. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's neat. No, I think it's, it's a game changer for me. Yeah. I think it's great, too. I think it's a good way to wrap it up, guys. I mean, we're uh, only an hour and 50 minutes into it, so maybe we should... Hit two hours. I'm just kidding. Uh, you going to edit? <laughs> no, are you, are none you of this is going to edit this down to minutes. We segue into our 15, uh, sandwiches. It's a sandwich sandwiches. Oh, we yeah. should. I, um, I get, Andy, if you guys want to talk about the sandwiches, host? I'm sure. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about it. Because you guys have all experienced the best of the best in Arizona. Favorite sandwich in Arizona. Matt, start with oh, you. Cali missed the Chiba. Come on. <laughs> That's a real thing? That's that real? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so now that's taken. I gotta go with. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Pine of Yonko sandwiches. Oh, Ooh. I've never had those. They're unbelievable. That's uh, right by Lux. Is that right? Uh, there's... Yeah, there's one on Central and there's one down on Van Buren. Okay, really good. Yeah. Homemade bread. The the 
Yeah, the mozzarella basil tomato one. Pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Doesn't sound wrong. No. No, I, I, <laughs> if it's wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave, what, uh, what are your... I'm playing the numbers today. So, buy my purchases... I just looked at my stats. Jimmy okay. Johns. You did? No. <laughs> don't you Don't you fucking fate, say Jimmy Johns. Fate, okay, so the Fate Brewing location on, on McDowell. Okay. They have a crispy chicken sandwich. Uh, Melt your mind. I think they drizzle good. honey on it. Yeah, that's pretty uh, good. Dude, man. I, 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 I would be lying if I told you. I, I've been there three times in a week for that sandwich. <laughs> three times in a week. I've that been there three amazing. times in one week. <laughs> one week. For the same lunch Wild. each time. Yeah. It's just, it's perfect. Dude, they have some good food. They have some really good food. Their Reuben, fantastic as well. That's not my Dude, top everything pick. Everything they got is good. Not my top pick for a sandwich. It's up there, though. But I would say the Helton Cuban. Have you had the Helton Cuban? No, I have not. Man, it is Coming out of fantastic. left field with the Cuban. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Made yeah. by Helton himself? Made by Brian Helton himself. It comes well, with I'm telling pork, you, Brian Helton and beard or hair. Steve McFay are making the sandwich for me. I'm not going. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going. Yeah. That's like yeah. Andy delivering beer personally. Yeah. And I got, I got Chris Bianco coming in just to make these things. <laughs> <So, laughs> he's locked in the cooler right now. Yeah, He'll right. be out in five minutes to make us a sandwich. Yeah. But no, get the Cuban at, at Helton. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I think that wraps it up pretty much. We covered everything. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Like I said, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of this brewer, uh, brewer panel style episode. We want to continue to do these and uh, we got some other ideas that we want to kind of elevate this as well maybe uh, doing a live recording in front of an audience uh, adding some video into it getting some um, nationally known uh, beer personalities on this so let us know your thoughts thanks for listening to the show tap that az is part of the hop that network which is a network of independent craft beer podcasts across the country check them out hop.network.com always remember stay awesome Cuando